0: La, 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 la Oh, wait, Christmas. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, song. no, 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 no. You should be doing All Lang Syne, not Christmas songs.
0: <sighs>
1: <clears throat> what is that? Yeah. Should all acquaintance? No. That's,
0: that's my. It's not only
1: Arnold singing the song, but it's Arnold's. <laughs> <on. It's laughs> so so, so, so. <laughs>
2: brass over there at the Robinson household. There,
1: <laughs> it's drunk Arnold Schwarzenegger welcoming in the new year.
2: Now I want to take that scene from Total Recall and see if you could actually put Old Lang Syne underneath that and make it work. I bet you you could
0: actually.
1: back to the (laughs) bin anyway hello everybody and welcome to a special new year's back to the business episode did you say something there it's special it's special (laughs) because we're gonna look at we're gonna do the year in review But back to the bin style, so we're not doing 2015 in review, we're doing 1975 in review. But before we get to that, I just wanted to touch quickly, we've been on podcast hiatus for two weeks, I just want to quickly, uh, since we didn't do a Christmas episode, which we had planned on doing, uh, I just wanted to quickly just send out thank yous to uh, friends who sent gifts. Uh, I got very nice gifts from uh, Jason Sandberg, from Russell, and from uh, Andy. And they've all been posted on Facebook, so everybody can check them out. I don't want to take up too much time on it, but they should all know uh, that I really, really appreciate it. I got like the
3: – Oh, no oh. go ahead, Bill. I got many uh, cards from, uh, from many different podcasters, and I thank you. And uh, I am uh, a worm. I suck. I have not reciprocated <laughs> any cards. Because I went to my wife and said, hey, yeah, you got some of the cards left over, right? She looked at me and went, no. I'm like, oh. oh, I'm
2: glad. You know, you've actually made me feel better, Bill. I'm glad to hear you say that because I felt like just a lazy, just slob. Because I did. I got a lot of cards from folks. Well, you know, we had that, that chat going hmm through Facebook with you know all of our friends where everybody was exchanging addresses and everything and I chimed into it you know just because everybody was sharing addresses and then started to get this flood of cards I'm like um uh, maybe I was supposed to like make note of everybody else's addresses and send them things and yeah I was I was horrible so I got you know a, a bunch of cards from everybody thank you so much to everybody that sent cards but then I also got some really nice gifts And I sent out nothing this year, and I felt really badly about that. But we ended up going to um, Georgia and visiting um, both my wife's parents and my parents. So, you know, it was the added expense of not just having Christmas, you know, just us at at our house, but then, you know, going and, and having Christmas with the extended families and everything. I was flat broke for Christmas. So, I mean, I know that's a piss poor excuse. But it is the truth.
0: Is, it, is
2: that a song? But I, I, <laughs> I felt really bad.
3: Christmas. But uh,
2: I really did. You know, I am gonna save what I got for a future episode and, and go more into it because I haven't had a chance as of this recording to. What I like to do is, um, you know, if it's comics or what, I like to do scans and, and put everything up, you know, on Facebook and all. And I just haven't had time because. I mean, we we got back from Georgia just in time for me to basically go to bed, get a few hours sleep, get up, go to work the very next morning. So I I just literally have not had time to do it.
1: Well, you know what we'll do is we'll we'll put it on a delay because all I did was say thank you to the people. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, and and yes. when we when we discuss it in our next normal episode, I'll go through specifics of what I received as well. Yeah. That's yeah. I well.
3: I got a I got a very nice gift from Russell Bragg, which I've also put on, took a picture of, and put up on on uh, Facebook and uh, smeared. Matt Hunsworth's face in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Russell, Russell's gift, which again, I'm not going to give it away here, but Russell's gift was hands down the best present I got this year. It was absolutely fantastic. Completely blew me away. Um, I also got uh, very, very generous gifts from Andy Leland, who Andy has sent me so much stuff over the years and again, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm just a shitty friend because I can't mm-hmm. remember if I've ever actually sent Andy anything. And he has sent me so many packages, and just the shipping alone, I know, has to kill him. And that's that's without the cost of the things that he sent me. Just the shipping alone, I know, has added up over the years. So I owe that dude big time. Um, he yeah, You know, I, I hope he knows I love him. You <laughs> know, I, I you know, I think the world of Andy. So uh, next time he comes over here, I'm gonna I'm gonna really make make good by him. Um, and I also got uh, a great box of stuff. From uh, our buddy Mark Kombat, who continues all year long. Mark sends me great stuff, but uh, he really outdid himself for Christmas. But again, I'll, I'll go into all that stuff uh, in a future episode because I know we want to allow Max time for
1: our year-in-review. Year so, okay, so yeah, let's let's jump into it because we're going to 1975, and for all benefit, I have shared with my fellow podcasters. A list of fun facts, and we can go over some of them. I know to Scott, to you, the most important thing is the sporting events
0: and the <laughs> World
1: Series champions that year were the Cincinnati Reds, Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers, NBA champions was Golden State Warriors, and the Stanley Cup champions. were Warriors, the- come out and play. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and then it's got a list hotties sets, wait wait wait! say the hockey one again because i think you got uh i think you got drowned out there philadelphia flyers there you go but un- under hotties that year we have adrian barbeau i don't think any of us would argue with that barbie benton she was pretty hot Linda i liked
2: adrian barbeau from like the neck down but i never thought she was particularly pretty
1: or attractive i gotta be honest with you all right i could go with that mm-hmm. I, the first one I disagree with is Charo. She always I always thought she looked like a Pekingese
0: yeah. Ooh,
1: Linda Carter. There you go. I'm going to yeah. stop right there. Britt Eckland was always hot. Who? Britt Eckland.
3: I'm going to have to look that one up.
1: That yeah. She was a Bond stop.
3: girl.
2: She was She was, a, she, was a, a, she
1: was a Bond girl from uh, Man with a Golden Gun. Mhm. And she was married to Rod Stewart. Anyway, uh, Beverly Johnson, I can't picture her off the top of my head. I,
2: hmm. I thought I thought Rod Stewart didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't like women.
1: In fact, I think he likes women too much. I think he's got, like, a bunch uh-huh. of Rod Stewart's running around. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, sorry, Johnson. I do
2: recognize Brett Eklund now. She has not... Ha- you know, speaking of Charo, I'm going to send you a link here. They could be sisters today.
1: Wow. Well, today, I mean, this is 40 years ago, so you gotta, well, yes, you got to give a little true. bit of leeway on that.
2: <laughs> this is true, yes.
1: But anyway, yeah. uh, they also mentioned Cheryl Teagues, Diana Ross, Pam Greer. And Mary Warnoff. I The only thing I know Mary Warnoff from is Eating Raul, and I did not think she was hot at all.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, she's hideous. Really? They, they think she... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Mary Warnoff, but, yeah, I didn't <laughs> ever think you have tracked it. If, if she's who I'm thinking of.
3: Yep, that's Mary her, all Warnoff. right. Isn't she the one that was also in
1: the uh, Night of the Comet movie
0: uh, years later? Maybe. Oh, hold on. Maybe
1: not. I don't know. Uh, wow. Under 1975 quotes, my favorite one is... From Mick Jagger, who was 33 yeah. years old at that time, I'd rather be dead than sing Satisfaction when I'm 45. So now Mick Jagger is like 73 and he's still singing Satisfaction. Yeah. Yes, Mary Warner. She was in uh, Night of the Comet. Yep, yep, yep. That's her. Scandal yeah. that year was that Clayton Moore wasn't allowed to wear his Lone Ranger mask on public uh, visits. Attica, yeah, Attica.
0: Sad. Oh, sorry. I was
1: doing a quote. Uh Nerd news. The Kool-Aid Man began appearing in commercials. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the best picture that year was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but it also won uh, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director.
3: Whatever.
1: Oh, that's a great movie. Betamax. Pop- yeah.
3: Betamax was
1: released. But I'm not saying popular. it's not
2: a great movie, and I know Honeywell is a huge fan, but come on,
1: Jaws, dude. Jaws. Well, it's no Jaws. Candy Graham. So the most popular TV shows that year number one, All in the Family. Number two, Rich Man, Poor Man, which was a miniseries, not really a TV show. Right. Uh, number three, Laverne and Shirley. Number four, Maud, speaking of God, it being Bobo.
2: Hated that show.
1: Number five, The Bionic Woman. Number now, six. Now, I
2: was impressed to see that Bionic Woman actually places above The Six Million Dollar Man. I did not realize that. Yeah, That's surprising. Pretty,
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: Number six was well. That, that was, was its first season because then later it switched over to NBC,
1: if I remember correctly. Late, I think what? it did. I think it did for its very yeah. last season. Yeah, I don't,
2: that's the only one on the list I don't re, I don't remember. Phyllis, what the hell is Phyllis? That was, that was a, spin-off a spinoff from Mary, Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler
1: Moore. There. That was uh, uh-huh. along with Rhoda, <laughs> which is also yeah on the list. list. Rhoda,
2: re, yeah, remember Rhoda? I do not remember Phyllis. Okay.
1: Okay, and let's just uh, quickly looking over the list of songs that were number one that year, over the course of the year. Uh, I don't want to name all of them just because there's too many, but uh, songs that I think people would still, you know, remember today as Having Survived. Uh, Lucy in the Sky by Elton John, Mandy by Barry. Oh, McHale.
2: Mandy. Oh, I and love you gave that song. And you
0: gave, and you left in the
1: Rain by Neil Sedaka. Love that song. Uh, I'll take a, a slow pause after each one for Arnold to give a version of it if he wants. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see what we got here. Have You Never Been Mellow by Olivia Newton John. Have
2: That's You that? Ever Been the Mellow? Oh, that, yeah, I don't like
3: that song.
1: My Eyes <laughs> Adored You by Frankie Valli.
0: <laughs> My Eyes Adored You. <laughs>
3: Holy shit, Lady Marmalade? Oh, my
1: God. He Don't Love You by Tony Orlando. Holy Dawn. What I the hell ever happened to Tony Orlando and Don? Like... Well, I don't know about Don, but he still performs. Wow. Uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy by John Denver.
0: Yeah.
1: Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain and Tennille, who are now divorced. Love. Aww. Love Will Keep Us I
2: Together. Saw, I saw Tennille at the New York State Fair back in the... That had to be, like, late 80s, early 90s, without the captain... And she must have done Muskrat Love
1: like six times (laughs) in a row. And I wanted to shoot myself. (laughs) Uh, Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. Listen to What the Man Said by uh, Paul McCartney and Wings, too. Uh, That's the way, uh huh, uh huh.
3: I like it. I like it. Yep. Love that. Talking by the Bee Gees, but I don't.
2: Dude, you know, just this list alone, but then coupled with see i i hadn't cheated i hadn't looked ahead on anything i pulled up the list that we're gonna go by i I don't know if you want me to go ahead and go into this but
1: well, let's just we'll close out that's that's just a couple of fun facts from the year and now we'll shift over to comics go ahead
2: all right so learning a harsh lesson from (laughs) from last time we did this where we got halfway through the year and i realized oh shit i screwed up so I we're doing it right this year. We are using Mike's Amazing World of Comics. So if you go to Mike's Amazing World, um, which you can find at Mike's amazing World, all one word, dot com, and you kind of have to dig around the site a little bit, but find what's called the news stand. And you can set the parameters. And so what we've done this year is we've set the parameters. We are looking at books on sale in Particular months in 1975, of course, starting with January. So how we screwed up last time was that we did it by cover date. And we didn't realize it until we were like halfway through the year. We were going by cover dates. But we want to go by what was actually on the rack. So that's how we're doing it this time. So this is uh, we're starting with books on sale in the month of January 1975. And as I was saying, I, I didn't cheat. I didn't look ahead or anything. But just pulling up this page and just taking a quick glance at like the first half of the page, I'm going to have a blast with this episode because, dude, this is like this is my sweet spot. This is like when I was a kid, just first discovering comics, because on this page is one of the very earliest comics I can ever remember owning and and reading, you know, when I was like learning to read. So
1: it's that's pretty cool. Well, so at the, at the time that we're looking at 1975, January 1975, I would have been 12 years old,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we're talking about, uh, I guess I had been actively buying comics for about one year at this point. And so I'm, I'm, I was in, you know, in the midst of this, but I was mostly at this point a Marvel guy. I kind of so- dove into D.C. a little later. So where where in your life were you in in 1975? January 75, I would have been in seventh grade.
2: Okay, so I was seven years old, and in 1970, I couldn't tell you about January necessarily, but just the year as a whole, 1975 is my my parents got divorced. I'm not sure exactly when, but I know in 75 is when my mother and I um, left Florida cause we were living in Tampa and we left Florida and moved to upstate New York. And it, it seemed to me that that happened in the, f- in the fall, as I remember, cause I remember driving into New York, like, and seeing the mountains and how beautiful it was cause all the, the leaves were changing and all. And then, um, really experiencing the first winter that I could really remember. And it wasn't, as bad as it would get like with the, with, you know, with the blizzard of 77, but sa- that winter in 75 was, was pretty intense too, especially to somebody who would never seen, you know, or didn't remember having ever seen, uh, snow and everything. So that, that's kind of my vague recollections of 75. Probably the other big thing I remember about 75 was jaws. Cause I can remember going to the, to the drive in and seeing jaws and, and it just scared the shit out of me as a kid, you know? Um, and that's that's about all I can really recall, because, I mean, that was, you know, seven is kind of a, a very young age. But uh, a lot of memories are going to come back, I think, as we start digging through these comic covers, because I'm seeing
3: a lot of stuff here that I'm like, oh, wow. So, yeah. What about you, Bill? Uh, I would have been I would turn six in June of 75. Um, I was living in Virginia, um, from what I remember. Either Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. It was in Virginia. Yeah, out in the country, actually, um, close to King's Dominion, which is uh, by Ashland, because that's a, a, at the time, was a Hanna-Barbera theme park, so I remember going there a lot as a kid. Um, And my comics collecting, I wasn't really collecting comics, I'd only, they were kind of on the peripheral, I was just starting to get into and understand, you know, being, you know, seeing Batman and Superman for the first times. Um, I think I did have. I've I've mentioned before. Paul and I covered. I I think I I don't know if no maybe I got that Superman issue later. The one with the uh, with the uh, oh uh, it's like lock up at forty thousand feet or something. That one we covered, Paul. That's that's later than this, I think. Is it okay? All right. So yeah, but but unless I unless we get to it at some point before yeah, the year is over. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, I remember being introduced to those characters um, and visits to New Jersey with relatives. There was uh, I say he was creepy because he was just a renter that lived upstairs in my aunt's house. But he had a lot of comics that I started to see. But he had like the House of Mystery ones and things like that. And I would sneak them and look through them. And I thought that that they were cool. And, you know, I was like, oh, wow, what's this? So that was, that was, I was just starting to get in, you know, that was my first moments of comics. Now I see a lot of comics here that I recognize because I've later gone back and got them, you know, f- in my collection. So it, it'll be fun to go through this to see what what I've got and what I, you know, when I picked it up and so on and so
1: forth. So we got a lot, of, lot to cover here, so why don't we jump right in? In, uh, in January, they're, they're listed basically in alphabetical order. Right and, and the first one they list is first issue special, which I guess numbers Trump uh, letters and it's uh, Jack Kirby's Atlas, which you know it's it first issue special was kind of like uh, DC's version of Marvel per- Premiere or Marvel Spotlight. Right. And I remember buying that issue and I I it's I I think they covered it. I think uh, during uh during what you call it? assistant editor's month, I think Luke Jack and Eddie brought yeah. this book to the, with him. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of covered. Uh, I don't remember it being anything particularly special at the time, but it does... I I like the cover. Put it that way. I don't remember it being under the DC
3: imprint, though, was it? Wasn't it under another... Yeah, no, it's a DC. No, no, I mean, this is, but the one he brought, was it Atlas under a different company that Jack Kirby did?
1: No, I think this was it. Oh, okay, all right. I could be wrong. You could be. The
3: only thing I know about Atlas is that
2: uh, he came back, uh, he was brought back as a Superman
1: bad guy... In the I Jeff Johns that. run,
2: yeah, uh, I can't remember if that was pre or post Infinite Crisis, but that was that was one of the last things I, I read uh, of Superman before did, uh, giving what's up on his, the Superman titles. Did what's
3: his name? Um, oh, uh, in the All Star Superman, did was Alice in that, or am I thinking different?
1: He character? may have been. He may. They may have brought him back in that as well. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. The uh, next one on the list is Action Comics. With uh, Lois peeking around the corner and seeing Clark taking off his, uh, Woo-hoo, his, oh, wait. Suit, his suit to reveal his Superman costume. And I, I know I have that one. I'm pretty sure I acquired it later from a back issue bin. This has
2: got to be, I mean, just, just mathematically speaking, this has got to be one of the earliest uh, Superman comics that, uh, that I would have ever had. Because I definitely recognize the cover. I've always loved this one. And I had always thought that this was... Uh, was swan and and murphy anderson but it's not it's actually uh bob ox oxner which is i oh, man i always have a tough time saying that bob oxner uh, but gorgeous cover i love i love his superman he just looks really cool but yeah i don't you know it's sad that i've forgotten what the story is about i think this is the one where she's trying to figure out how does clark signal superman and i think at the end of the story she figures out that Basically, every time Superman, you know, Clark Kent's about to go into action as Superman, his spit curl drops down on his forehead, you know, you know, because, you know before he's going to do the change or whatever. And she finally figures that out, that the spit curl is the signal, which would mean essentially that if Clark Kent and Superman really were two different people, then Superman would have to be constantly observing Clark waiting for the spit curl to fall down. That just <laughs> seems ridiculous to me. But that's how I remember the story very loosely anyway, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh the next one on the list here, we've got amazing Spider-Man number 143 and uh you know, I don't know that I've ever laid eyes on this cover
3: before. Does this look mm-hmm. familiar to you? No, no, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, Gil Kane and uh John Ramita, I don't even yeah. remember the villain called Cyclone. To be honest yeah. with you.
1: If is that his name? I'm I'm assuming that's his name. Yeah, that's that was in Paris. He's a he's a French guy who you know so that'd bought, be like Bat Cyclone. Rocks. But I I just remember uh, even at 12 years old thinking, come on, Peter Parker goes to France and Spider-Man shows up in France and nobody knows. Come on. Yep.
2: Well, not Uh to mention the fact that you know Peter Parker can't afford to pay his rent half the time. How the hell is he going to Paris? He went on some Daily Bugle thing. Yeah, Uh, he
3: probably uh, tricked Jonah, I'm sure.
2: So Jonah doesn't want to pay him more than like a a, a buck
1: for a picture, but he'll send him to Paris? International flights and and hotels aren't a problem. Parker! (laughs) Then we got a couple of uh, Archie books, which I have no knowledge of. Yeah. Never mm-hmm. been an Archie boy.
2: Although strangely there is an Archie that and a Josie that are on my want list currently for other reasons.
1: <laughs> Josie, are they in the pets? uh in the Disney uh Sort of.
2: It's uh I, I I wanna collect um much like I have my Disney project going on, now I have a project going on for any time um the World's Fair or the Unisphere um, appeared uh, in comics. I want to collect those as well. So there's uh, actually an issue of Archie and an issue of Josie where uh, where they went to the World's Fair.
3: Josie and the Pussycat. Do you have the which I didn't
2: one? put that together for the longest time. I didn't realize that that Josie was the Josie from the Pussycat. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it hit me one day. I'm like, wait a minute, this is the same Josie. I, I uh. the I've never even heard of Arg from marvel before this is a new one on me
1: i'm vaguely familiar with it but i i can't say that i actually owned it
2: beauty and the bigfoot is this a take on dc's angel and the ape because it kind of looks like it might be
1: uh well no i think aug was was you know different stories all the time i don't think there was any ongoing uh, okay thing in there
2: now the next one on the list really threw me at first and then i realized oh wait this is a reprint because if my first thing was this you know the cover is gene colin's Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was looking at this, going, man, I thought they were around a lot longer than this, because I knew that this was their first appearance, but this is a reprinting. Yes. of Marvel Superheroes number eighteen from 1969. So yes, I was right. It's just a reprint.
1: And the, actually, the next issue, I believe, the next uh, one on the list there is more or less a reprint too. It was when uh, when the storyline was developing that the Vision was created from the body of the uh, original Human Torch. Right. And I th- I'm pretty sure they reprinted an issue where the original Human Torch was revived or something along those lines.
2: Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, uh, this uh, next one, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, Batman number, uh, what is this, 262. This cover seems familiar to me because I think that this is one of those... Do you remember those really cool and kind of creepy house ads that DC used to do. And, and where show like a whole bunch of contemporaneous DC titles, but they were all in black and white, you know, in, in the ad, you know what I'm talking about? Not offhand. And I think this might've been one of them because they always looked creepier somehow when they were, they were in, you know, those tiny little, um, you know, tiny little I- images, you know, it'd be a, like a whole bunch of DC titles, in little images, and they were all in black and white, and it was basically showing you like the whole line, like what what does DC offer, kind of thing. And I think this was one of them. It was this this image here is uh, Batman about to get run over by a, a roller coaster being driven by the Scarecrow. It's just a really cool cover. But it's it,
1: an Ernie Chan cover.
2: You know, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but some of his his covers from this time, especially these Batman ones, are, are actually pretty cool. But I, I'm not the biggest Ernie Chan or Ernie
3: Choa fan. Sorry, I had to go a little quiet there. I, my, We have house guests and ah. they came storming into the...
0: <laughs> they stormed the
3: garage! It was the, my two-year-old niece and she was like, ah, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, okay, alright, alright.
0: Shut all
2: right. up! <laughs> <laughs> now the next one here is Brave and the Bold 118 Batman and Wildcat co-starring the Joker. Do I
3: have this? Well, one? I do hold not. on, like once you. You skipped over Beowulf and uh, But yeah, I'm aware. Is, is this <laughs> what? Oh, I said you know, I'm aware. Is this um is this the time frame in DC called the Expansion?
1: Uh I think because that it seems was like we've got come. a I
3: don't think that was Oh, okay. Because it just seems like there's a lot of number ones so far. I think far that's about course. a year away.
1: What oh, okay. the implosion? The, the explosion
3: that was followed yeah. by the implosion.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
3: because we've got Atlas. We've got Beowulf. Well, Atlas is
1: first issue special. let right.
3: right, but it's the first issue special. It's the first first issue special.
2: If you had asked me just you know just randomly, hey, by the way, who did Beowulf? I would have said Mike Grell, and this is not Mike Grell. This is Ricardo Villamonte. So. I mm. have to check this out sometime because I like his stuff too. He's actually pretty cool. But yeah, I was never a sword and sorcery guy, so I don't I don't have that in my collection. And I'm lacking this particular issue of Brave and the Bold, which makes me really sad because it looks really awesome.
1: I have that one. Of I, f- I find that uh, Batman issues, even before recent times, if we're talking even you know 20 years ago, uh-huh. Batman issues with the Joker in them tend to be more pricey than anything else.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, that's got, oh that's got Wildcat in it too. I've been. Um, yeah. I've been watching, I've been burning through um, Arrow, and uh, they had uh, the Ted Grant character on Arrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. He, for the
2: longest he, time as a kid, I always used to think that Wildcat was the Earth 2 Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah, no.
2: No, I know he's not, but I mean, for the longest time, I, I thought that he was. I don't know why.
1: Okay, and um, the next one that catches my eye is Captain America number 184. That's uh, kind of the end of the uh, Frank Robbins era on Captain America uh or, or it's coming up on the end of it this that's when they had the storyline with uh where the red skull had uh planted sam wilson as the falcon when he had the cosmic cube
2: now i love this cover and i've loved this cover for a long time and i have this issue i don't believe i've ever read it i think this is actually part of my great unread captain america part of my collection but uh yeah, I love this cover. And you know what? This cover may have actually helped me solve a bit of a mystery. Remember that lenticular 3D poster I was telling you about that I bought not long ago? That piece mm-hmm. of wall art? Mm-hmm. I, ne- I never even took into consideration Gil Kane, but it says here this cover is by Gil Kane and John Ramita, And the cap in that picture looks a lot like the cap on this cover. I bet you that could be Gil Kane. I never even considered Kane before, but... Mm. That that might be. I've to I've been meaning to take a picture of it and send it to you guys to see if you could figure out who it is, and I just haven't done it yet. But of course, that episode hasn't aired yet either. So when that episode actually hits, where we're talking about that, I'll, I'll pop that image up on Facebook and see if anybody can positively identify it. What else you see?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the the next is, one that catches my eye is Daredevil with Hell Jaguar. Yeah, that's when he, he, you know, Daredevil kind of fell into a slump at this point. And, you know, had the occasional good issue. You should be good again, Daredevil. (laughs) You're just in a slump. He he was very inconsistent, and uh, I think this issue is an example of it.
2: That guy is one snappy dresser, though.
1: El El Jaguar?
3: El Jaguar. Look at those pants. All the ladies love those pants.
2: This is wow. What a jam piece, man. You got a cover by Gil Kane and Tom Palmer. OK, I love those guys. Writer Tony Isabella, penciler Bob Brown and inker Vinnie Coletta. Wow. What a freaking mishmash, dude. I wonder if I have do I have this because I've got this for some weird reason. And this is what happens, kids, when you just buy collections from people. I have wound up with this giant collection of... I do have this issue. Holy shit. All right, I'm going to have to dig this one out at some point. I wound up with this huge collection of Daredevil comics. Very few of I, I ever even cracked the cover on because I'm just not really a Daredevil guy. But I have a ton of Daredevil from this issue. Or from this era, I mean. But yeah, I do actually
1: have this issue. Huh, how about that? This, this isn't one that I would necessarily recommend. Like I said, Daredevil is kind of very inconsistent this at this point. And I don't remember this being a particularly good issue. But uh, but if we move over three books, it's uh, The Sons of the Serpent Saga and The Defenders, which I remember as being excellent.
2: I am doing a read-through of Defenders and just loving it. Because I never really had much, much exposure to them as a kid other than... There was that brief stint in the 50s issues of Defenders that I did read because I was on a real Keith Giffen kick at one time. That was with Scorpio. Yeah, and uh, and I like that, but that, that's about the only real stint of Defenders I ever really read. So going back and like reading it from the beginning,
3: I'm really digging it, damn it. It's, it's really good stuff. Gil Kane was pumping out some covers this month, and this is like oh, yeah. the second or third one that, he's, that he's we've saying, had him. Well, he I, did Captain America. He did the he Avengers. Did Dar- he did Daredevil.
2: I want to say that he was Marvel's cover guy for a time.
1: Is that, am I right about that? He Well, he was definitely a prolific cover guy because we're going to see a couple more of him before this month is over.
2: Right. Uh, Who is this? Oh, that's Larry Lieber. Okay, I was looking at this Atlas Comics... The imprint, Atlas Comics, the Destructor.
0: Well,
1: Atlas, as we've discussed in the past, that was the upstart company that, uh, yeah. I can't remember who it was that left Marvel and then started that company to compete with them and, you know, sunk some big bucks into it. Oh, Gil Kane did Giant Size Kid Colt this same month. You can, like I said, you're going to see a few more of him.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, the next one I want
2: to talk about, um, is, uh, Detective Comics 446. Um, along with, and I'm going to have to flip back to tell you the exact issue, it would have been, oh, now I'm not sure which one it is, but I want to say it was like two issues before this, I think, or maybe it was, no, actually I think it was the issue just before this, I think it was 445 Anyway, it was it was the Bat-Murderer story and I'm trying to remember if 446 is still part of Bat-Murderer or if that had been wrapped. No, it is still part of the Bat-Murderer story. Okay, so this is part of an ongoing it, it was a multi-chapter story. But if I'm not if memory serves, the issue just before this one, um issue 445, to my memory is the very earliest comic I ever had as a kid. It was it was somewhere in this stretch. It was either 444 or 445. Or 446, although I, I think it was one of the, or the earlier issues. But anyway, those three comics are the very earliest comics that I have any memory of. And I'm not saying I didn't have any earlier comics, but those are the earliest ones I can recall with any clarity. And so for that reason alone, I have always had an incredible soft spot for 446. Um, I dug it out and reread it not long ago. And it's kind of a pedestrian Batman story but in so many ways informed my opinion of what Batman is just, you know, because that was my first real exposure to him and, uh, and just love it. I mean, the art is unbelievable. It's, uh, it's Jim Aparo at, you know, at, at just the height of his game and, uh, and just beautiful stuff. But I mean, just look at that cover alone and you can see, I mean, you've got yeah. Batman, you know, standing in the shadows, observing, and just the way the cape wraps around him and, and looks just a part of him, and all—it's just it—it's gorgeous. I, I've always really liked uh, that cover alone; is really good, but the interior art's fantastic too. But un- unfortunately, the—you know—looking at it now as a you know forty-plus-year-old, it just—it didn't really hold up because the, the the villain's kind of silly and all that. But uh, but yeah, still fun. I still have great mem- you know fond memories
1: of the issue. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you. Uh, going down the line here, the next Marvel issue is Doctor Strange with a cover by Gil Kane. I just <laughs>
3: I just did a quick check of like every single Marvel one. I'd say he did seventy five percent of the covers this month.
1: Yeah, I, I I started looking ahead too, and there's a ton of Gil Kane this month, and most of them most of them I really like. What What are you
2: guys' opinions of Gil Kane? Do you guys like him, love him, hate him? What do you? I
1: kind of liked him as a young man but didn't appreciate him as much as i could have and as an older view as an older reader i love him yeah. i didn't really have like a set opinion with him as
3: an artist younger um you know same here like only later um as i've learned to i mean i can identify his work uh it's it's you know I think we've covered a lot of him. He likes to do the the stock shots a, a lot. Well, that's that's kind of easy to pick his stuff out with you know the the upward shot from the face and and all that. But uh, I have no problem
1: with Gil Kane's work. I think he's one of the most distinctive artists out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: While I, I certainly have seen Gil Kane that I that I didn't care for, he did uh, an issue or two of Marvel's uh, Star Trek in the 80s that I thought was abysmal. but with with a few exceptions, I generally love Gil Kane and consider him to be you know as prolific as he was and as well respected and all that and he's uh, you know obviously he's a name. Even with all that, I still think that he is underappreciated. And uh, I've always been uh, quite fond of his run on Superman uh, in the 80s, I thought, is, uh, is some of his uh, – actually some of his better stuff that just doesn't ever seem to get a whole lot of, of
1: talk. But, yeah, I like uh, I like Gil Kane quite a lot. I think, I think he's one of the best at action sequences. Oh, yeah.
0: And, yeah. And,
1: and he, he might have paced stories as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. Which is an underappreciated art, and it's something that I've kind of tried to focus on a little bit, you know. In, in reviewing comics, as we have over the last few years, I, I, I've tried to, you know, be conscious of things like that. And, and I definitely think he's, you know, he's up there among the best as far as that goes. Bringing the room to a slow cry. Oh, you're fine. Okay.
2: I was just looking ahead here. The next one I see that that kind of sort of caught my eye was Dracula Lives, but I've never read any of these. I don't have any in my collection, and I don't know a lot about them. I, for some reason, I was thinking that the Dracula stories might have been by um, Neil Adams, but that's not being borne out by clicking on the, the links here now. It says the very first story and now this of course is issue number 11 but it says the, the first story in here the Dracula story the art's actually by Tony DeZigner. I I'd, I'd like to see that just to see what it looks like. I bet you that's interesting. Hmm. I didn't know that uh, he actually did uh, did any horror stuff.
1: We got a famous first editions of a Wonder Woman book uh, which would be, you know, the oversized treasury size books which is just cool by their very nature. I wonder if I have this particular one. I do have a few of those famous That books. one I don't yeah. have. Yeah, I don't I only have them. I only have a handful, unfortunately. I had a lot more, but for whatever reason I divested myself and little by little I've been trying to pick some up, but I So I was won't. that just like a large oversized book that they yeah. put out? It's a total reproduction, cover oh, okay. to cover, so yeah. it has all the original ads in it and everything. Ah.
2: What's really funny is, that, I don't know that they still do this, but when I was a kid, the Overstreet Guide, when you would get to like things like Famous First Edition, would always have a warning in that section saying that without the cover, this book and it is an exact duplicate of the original. Basically what they were telling you is, don't be an idiot, don't be fooled, because the way that you tell is that it's giant size. Even though it's a complete mm. re- reproduction of the original one, if it's in this great big format, it oh, is not an original eat, one minus the cover. You know? Did they have the original Indicia, too? I think uh, they I made think they it.
1: Were, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mm. think
2: they were completely authentic reprints. The, the only difference was, you know, of course, nice. they had the new cover. You know, They had the, the famous First Editions cover, and they were in the, the oversized format, that Treasury Edition format. But beyond that, I believe they were complete reproductions of the originals. So size does matter. <laughs> size
1: matters,
0: case.
1: not. <laughs> so we have the Fantastic Four, and that one stood out not because it's a great story, but the, the reason it stood out was because of the use of the Silver Surfer in it. And at that time, Silver Surfer was, was used very sparingly at Marvel, mm. and uh, there was you know there was a whole storyline there where basically Doctor Doom had gotten Shalabal, uh, the Surfer's love. And then, But he, he wiped her mind so that she didn't remember that she was Shalabal anymore. So the surfer thought she was her, but then was convinced that she wasn't because she didn't have any memory of being her. And it was a very convoluted story. And, you I'm know, confused. And ended with lonely man music for the surfer at the end. And then he just went up and slammed himself into the barrier that was keeping <laughs> him on Earth a few hundred times. And it's, <laughs> I guess it's, it's distinctive the- this month as one of the few Marvel books that does not have a cover by Gil Kane. Yeah, it's got it by Rich Buckler. Yep,
3: and it looks like there's. It looks like a wrestling match.
1: Carnage at Castle Latveria. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday.
3: See the Silver Surfer and the Doomsman take on the Human Torch
1: and the Thing. To Special run in by the edge the
3: Edge.
1: What you got on? next? Uh, we got a Gil Kane cover on uh, Adventures into Fear featuring Morbius the Living Vampire, but I don't really have any memory of that beyond the cover.
2: Is that... Oh, no, Gil, it's not. Oh, Gil Steve.
1: Kane cover on Ghost Rider. Yeah. Gil Kane cover on Giant Size Defenders.
2: <laughs> I haven't read this yet. I haven't made it this far in my read-through, but I can't wait to get here because you've got the Hulk versus Hyperion. I've got to read that shit. I've, I've That sounds awesome to me.
1: I, I, remember, the, I remember that being really good. It's been a yeah. long time since I read it, but I remember really liking it.
2: I can't wait to get to that
1: giant-sized Spider-Man, which was essentially giant-sized Marvel team-up. It was Spider-Man and the Punisher, and I think this is an issue where they fought Moses Magnum. Mm. And, uh, I'm pretty sure Ross Andrew art on in the inside, and uh, kind of a, I, I remember it being a pretty cool story. I like that cover on the giant sized kid cult. That's just kind of cool. Moses Magnum was in, in.
3: Oh, I always thought he was in, in, introduced in X Men. Well, that was the first place I ever saw him was later on in the John Byrne X Men, is where I saw Moses Magnum. I'm trying to remember. You, this who one who ends. Is he, Moses Magnum. That, that name rings a bell, but I can't He's, remember. Um, is he a black I can't guy? remember his. Yeah, I can't
1: man. remember his power set, though. Is his yeah. power set like Earth Control? Well, in, in, in this issue, control? if I remember correctly, he did not have superpowers at this point. Is he the hmm.
3: dude that turned out to be behind uh, Triathlon?
1: Mm, I don't remember that. Well, oh, I
3: think you're right. Wasn't that in the Avengers?
1: Yeah. I think he was brought up with okay. uh, that. Okay. I, I remember this issue, though, kind of having a little bit of a gory end to it, because he, he was dealing with some sort of nerve toxin, and uh, he had a barrel of it, and he was holding it over his head, and I think <laughs> I think the Punisher <laughs> shot it, and it kind of got all over him. Ew. Whoops. Sorry about that. I don't leave a mark. But he got better.
0: <laughs> don't they
1: always? <laughs> then we got Giant Size Werewolf, Gil Kane cover again. Nice perm. Werewolf, They're wolf. Oh, sorry. At the Just like a lot of, lot of ones that I'm not really, that yeah. aren't jumping out at me. Hulk against a guy in a really funny bird costume.
3: I had a lot. I got a big collection of Hulks from a friend of mine back when I was in, I want to say the fourth or fifth grade and he just gave me a bunch of hulks and i think this was in there just a big stack of uh, just a massive run of hulk a lot of cool stuff with the ufos and and uh stuff like this so
2: man they loved uh they loved this word devastator oh wait no i'm sorry the other one was destructor never mind (laughs) i was thinking that was the same comic as that one from atlas but that was destructor
0: never mind
1: Atlas had a, had Iron Jaw number two, which was kind of the Conan ripoff from... Uh, I am so. Iron Jaw. Jo- no, that just doesn't work. Yeah, if I, you I ask me, who drew Iron,
2: Iron Jaw, I would have said Mike Grell. So I guess I thought Mike Grell did and all the sword <laughs> and sorcery stuff back then.
3: Neil Adams did the cover.
2: Yeah, that's a good one, too. It looks like right. he's fighting Solivar from, um,
3: <laughs> from Ape looks City. Looks like he's fighting a bear. Yeah, I he think is. that's a bear, actually. Maybe it's Ursa Major. Bear,
2: gorilla, what's the difference, really? It's Ursa Major from
3: Marvel. <laughs> Guy turned into a giant bear. Sorry. I wish I could Aha! turn into a giant bear. Oh, anyway.
2: Later, Magnum's efforts to regain control of his power and destroy a floating resort using a stolen experimental seismic cannon were foiled by the combined efforts of the Avengers and future Avengers Triathlon. There you go. There
1: hmm. you go. Okay.
2: Now, it doesn't say he was behind Triathlon, but I thought Triathlon had something to do with Magnus or or whatever his name is. So, there you go. Maybe he had condoms he came out with. There. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm Trojan just looking Man, going that's down. what it
2: is. Magnus Moses is actually Trojan Man. That's,
1: yeah. I'm just looking, going down into the M's. There are seven books in a row, six of which have Gil Kane covers. Wow. <laughs> Starting at Man-Thing number 16, Marvel Double Feature number 9, Marvel Spotlight number 21, Marvel Watch. Team-Up number 32, and Master of Kung Fu 27, and Mighty Marvel Western number 38. Dude,
2: you you skipped over one that I I just have to take a moment to talk about, which, again, another fond memory from my childhood. Um, Limited Collector's Edition. This is C-35 with the beautiful photo cover of Jackson Bostwick as Captain Marvel from the Shazam TV show. I had this when I was a kid, and there there has been this memory that has been bugging me since, you know, since it's got to be 75 if this is when this came out. When my, when my parents split up, my mother and I were living in, Bill, that place that we went to, uh, Basia, mm-hmm. and uh, we lived upstairs, and I used to play with this kid that lived downstairs, and his dad was a cartoonist, and I can remember seeing his drawing table, and he was drawing Captain Marvel in a very C.C. Beck style. And to my memory, and again, you got to remember how, how young I was. But to my memory, he was—they were a Hispanic family—and I've always wondered who the hell that dude was, if he actually either was at the time or became a comic artist. Hmm. And that, but that's all I can remember. I can remember him being a huge Captain Marvel fan. He had the whatever they call it, Bristol board or whatever, and he was drawing a, a Beck style captain marvel and and he had this book and i and i had one as well and that we in you know it just was one of those like common you know points of reference kind of you know um you know common denominator type of thing but that's all i can remember but i've wondered about that all these years if if he was somebody in comics or or became somebody in comics i wish i knew more about that but yeah i just wanted to mention that because yeah I, i love that book or at least the cover, anyway. I don't remember a damn thing about the comics inside. I think they were all reprints of old, old, old
3: Captain Marvel stories. Well, well we jumped past Comandi, which I believe I picked up. I might have been one of this. When you and I went to the Tampa Bay co- Comic Con, and there was that one place that was selling. Right. Uh, what, it was like a run of like 11. I, I picked up like 11 issues of uh, this. Cheap. For, for like 50 cents a piece. I yeah. Think. And I'm pretty sure this was one of them.
2: We've got uh, Marvel team up number 32, one of the few issues that did not have Spider-Man in it. This is when uh, Human Torch was actually the the feature character, Human Torch and the Son of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> for those the of Son of Santa. Yeah, for those dyslexic, dyslexic
3: yeah, I can't even say it. <laughs> Dyslexic listeners out there. And you know when you said it, I was reading it and I and you said Santa and I I'm like what. I looked again, like, and and then when I read it again, I looked at it and I said Santa in my head. I'm like, no, 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 no,
0: stop
3: (laughs) it. Did you hear the one about the dyslexic uh,
2: serial killer? No, no, it's a devil worshipper. Actually, fuck, I just screwed up my own
3: joke. (laughs) (laughs) Sold his soul. Sold his soul to Santa. (laughs) I got a question real quick about the losers in our fighting forces. Uh huh. Now. I saw an article. I was just glancing through some stuff that was talking about Chris Evans and saying, was talking about different comic properties movies that he had been in. And, uh-huh. uh, not and the same they were,
1: series. N-
3: this is not the same Losers. That's a different, yeah. uh, okay. Wasn't sure. Now,
2: I wondered that too because I saw when that movie came out and I was like, ooh, I wonder if this is the DC Lou, but it's not. They just have oh, to okay. share the name. But it does make me wonder if they had to pay any sort of licensing or what because I, I'm led to believe that, uh, Whoever made the Karate Kid movie actually did pay DC for the usage of the name Karate Kid
1: for those movies. Hmm. I know a lot of producers out there who would owe DC money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what did I just, there was something I spotted here and eh, I lost it. You got Chris Honeywell on the cover of um, Movie Monsters number three.
3: Oh, I thought he was going to be on the cover of Plop.
1: <laughs> I liked Plop back then.
2: I did too, yeah, that was one creepy ass magazine, but I did like it. Was that like DC's
1: take on the underground comic? Kind uh, of. It was, yeah. it, was, it was kind of a kind of a cross between an underground comic and Mad Magazine. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was a little f- furry freak brothers and a little bit mad and man how many? Let me see here one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven Richie
3: Rich books. Oh my lord! I guess Richie Rich was a big deal. Oh, and we nice. had the Brave and the Bold. Rich- of uh, the Richie Rich books, ri- ri- uh, him and Casper.
2: <laughs> Did you guys ever read any of these? You know, I'm, I'm looking at how big horror was at this time. You've got, like, Secrets of Haunted House and all these. Did you guys ever read any of these horror books that were coming out then?
3: The only Not ones that I ever really. glanced at was, like I said, in the uh, uh, that I glanced at the books that my my uh, aunt's renter had up there, and, you know, a couple of House of Secrets, House of Mystery stuff. That's about it.
2: I remember Randy had one. It was I'm, I want to say it was a DC, but I could be wrong. And I kept, I, you know, I tried a while back when I first got hooked on Mike's Amazing World. I tried like hell to find the book just based on cover images, and I, I didn't recognize any of them. But I can remember he had this issue of some horror book where these children, like these dead children, come walking out of the sea, kind of like in Creepshow when Ted Danson comes back. <laughs> And they come walking out of the ocean at night to, like, exact their revenge or something. That's all I can remember about it. but I'd love to chance across that again, you There's know, a- just because it's one of those vague childhood memories. But I have no idea. It might be this one here because it
3: does look vaguely familiar. The Secrets of Haunted House number one. But I, I don't know. The only one like that that I, I remember had two stories in it. One had a – because it had a hot female vampire chick in it. And then the other one was a guy that gets strapped to some fireworks – and they <laughs> shoot the fireworks up in the air. And when the explosion goes off. That's <laughs> Toy Story, dude. <laughs> when the when the fireworks go up, it blows up. And it's like his face is in the fireworks. You know, it's like it blows. <laughs> That's all I remember from it. From that story. I don't know who, who, who drew it. But I know it was a DC horror comic.
1: Hmm. I remember uh, I, I, I was enamored with Jack Kirby's Sandman book at the time. But there was, like, I think there was, like, a full year in between issue one and issue two.
2: Isn't that
1: cover (laughs) that we're
2: looking at here? This is, what, number... This is number two. I never put this together before, but I want to look up now. There's an issue of Infinity Inc. that I think is actually an homage of this particular cover. Wouldn't shock me. I'll have to look that up. Um... What else? There was something else that caught my... Oh, yeah, the, the two Supermans. Uh, the Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. I just, I love this cover by uh, by Mike Grell with um, Mon-El and Superboy trapped inside of an energy bubble by Mon-Pa-Kent. That's just a really cool cover. And then who did this one? Superman 286... Oh, Bob Oxner again. I failed to save Metropolis. Go, Superman statue. It's up to you. It's a goofy cover, but it's also so awesome. The art is just beautiful. I love how Superman looks there.
1: We got The, the Living Mummy, covered by Gil Kane. Yep. Which we've gone... We've talked about Living Mummy extensively in the last oh, yeah. few months. Hmm. Uh, Thor, I think that's also a Gil Kane. Yes, it is.
3: Hey, man, you <laughs> went right
1: by Teen Confessions number 88 by Charles. I
3: did. <laughs> Some hunky guy holding a chick in a purple bikini on a beach. That is Neil yeah. Adams. It Isn't doesn't it? credit, but it could be, yeah. It could be.
2: That, I, 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 no, I mean the face of that guy. Oh, the We're guy holding the girl. Yeah, hmm. that's that's. It something. really
1: does look like him. Yeah, wow. The uh, the cover <laughs> for Tiger Man may be one of the goofiest covers I've ever seen. <laughs> what the? Wow. It's uh, Ernie Colon, but but like just read the, the the word balloon on it. Some something to the effect. I can't really read it, but it's, it's something like, "Yeah, Tiger Man, we killed your sister. So what." <laughs> <laughs> Like really, that's the word "balloon" you're gonna put on. Wow! Yeah, Tiger Man looks He looks like a sad tiger. Yeah, he, he looks like such a dweeb.
2: Yeah, he does. Wow! Time for love. Oh yeah, yeah. They look like they're uh... yeah.
1: Wow! Okay. Wow! Yeah, exactly. Tuma Drac number thirty-one. One of the uh, rare times like, that uh, Gene Colan's not drawing him because you got a Gil Kane cover. And yeah. what else we got? Horak. Son of Stone,
2: number Turok. 95. You know, when you, one thing about Gold Key that you got to respect is they did a lot of painted covers. That's actually, well, that's a plesiosaur. Two rocks fighting a plesiosaur. That's
3: actually
1: pretty cool. It's like well, him versus at, Nessie. Look at you with the big brain.
3: Yeah, I know some big words. I know my dinosaurs.
1: And we have our last issue of the reprint run on X-Men before the new X-Men came in. Yep.
2: Where is that? Uh, oh, A down there, number ninety.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I, was yes, looking, we, I was expecting it to be under Uncanny, and it's not. Huh? Yeah, you're right. Between uh,
3: Wolf the Barbarian and Young Love,
2: Churak and X-Men, there's really not much to speak of, is there? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Is that it for January?
1: Yeah, it's, we, we spent quite a while on January, so we let's did. move we on to We did. We did spend fe- a long
2: time on January.
1: Let's move on to February.
2: All right, February oh yes i've always liked this cover on action uh action 447 again i don't remember much about the story another bob oxner i you know i I know i've said this before on the show but i think it bears repeating i did not realize until doing this show how influential bob oxner was on on me and and my uh my love of Superman because I, I had always attributed so many of these classic covers to the wrong people. And, and Oxnard was really responsible for the bulk of what I consider like the classic Superman covers of my child. It's like him and, um, and, uh, Oh God. And I completely blanked on the other guy's name. I, I'm sure he'll come up as we go through this, but, uh, yeah, pretty cool. There was some show. I I wish I could remember the name of the show that I listened to way back when that did a review of this, uh, first issue special with the green team
3: because it was I, ridiculous They recently revived the green team yeah they were revived in the new 52
0: oh god
3: yeah which that's what because i saw that i saw this and went huh oh i've seen uh, that before just recently in fact I'm like oh i didn't know this started way back here
2: are they the one with, with Flippa Dippa and all that
1: no no that's uh the newsboy legion
2: oh okay i think that's who i was thinking of actually Adam-12. Didn't one of these guys just pass away?
3: Uh, Martin, Martin Milner. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Kent that's... McCord's still out there kicking ass, I think. Speaking of kicking ass, I I love Jim
2: Aparo's run on Adventure when he was doing the Spectre. That is great stuff. The Sphincter? Oh, sorry. Sphincter. Do I have this? Adventure 439. Flip, flip, flip. It's fascinating audio. Yes, I
1: do have this issue. Okay, cool. Spider-Man returns from France only to find the clone of Gwen Stacy. Ah, yeah. See, I didn't have that one before this, but I do have this issue. I remember this vaguely. Really? These were <laughs> these were n- newsstand issues for me. All
2: right, you, I was talking a moment ago about uh, about what you call it, Richie Rich. Now you got Archie. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Archie. God, how much Archie do you need in your life?
1: But then There's on the other side of Avengers, you, you got baby Snoots. <laughs> baby snoots baby snots.
3: Yeah, we were uh i think the avengers were starting to do we, we were still in like a delving still in the origin of the vision and i believe mantis was along for the ride at this time too yeah
1: yeah she, she's got the floating head there right in the middle yeah
2: is she gonna be in the new guardians movie i think i heard something about i her.
1: heard that she is
2: uh all right just, just for you scott all right. As long as she ends up falling in a
3: wood chipper by the end of the movie or something, I'll be all right with that. I'm jumping way ahead. Oh, that's you. not nice. Oh, Groot so- sacrifice himself.
1: Sometimes I find, not that the stories are ever worthwhile, but with these gold key comics, just on uh-huh. what they cover, I'd love to have them. I'm right. Boris Karloff, Tales of Mystery. I'm all over that
2: see that's what I mean I mean look at the covers on those now generally speaking the interiors were crap but the covers were generally you know really beautiful painted like the back in January I didn't comment on it but there was uh, I was looking at the cover to that Twilight Zone issue the cover was gorgeous on that you know I was just looking at this one here for uh, Charlton comics uh Billy all the new kid Billy the kid yeah
3: yeah that's that's a Who nice is cover that? too I don't because know it's
2: no credits it kinda Kinda looks like um, Joe Staten to me, but I'm not positive. But yeah, that's a again, that's a beautiful painted cover there as well. That's actually really cool. Brothers of the Spear. What the hell is that? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. There's they're all,
3: riding horses or jackasses. There's all kinds of weirdness
2: going on. They look on like donkeys. They're riding. Yeah, that's
1: the ears strangely like erotic. Or we're, something. we're the guy with the cheetah outfit and the t- complete with tail. But it's it's like a a Chippendales cheetah outfit, right? That's really weird looking shit. (laughs) The brute number two. We covered the brute number one on a show a while back.
2: Oh, that's him. That's the brute.
1: That's the brute.
2: Oh, he is uh, not right looking.
1: He's not right in the head. Wow. (laughs) As drawn by Dick Giordano.
2: I'm not sure what to make of uh, Captain America 185's cover. I I love me some Gil Kane, but that's a bizarre... There's just a lot of busyness going on in that cover right there.
0: Yeah, I like it.
3: Yeah, it it is pretty cool, though. Cap's doing some fancy fancy dance
1: moves there. Captain
2: Marvel! He's got the the
1: jazz hands going. That's an Al Milgram cover.
2: Fabulous. The Trial of the Watcher. What was the Watcher on trial for? Because he can't keep
3: his big trap shut. Uh, I don't even see the watcher there. Yeah, I know it's the trial of the watcher who's not in this issue.
1: He's not in the picture.
2: He's not on the cover. So just
1: shut the hell up. You know, maybe they'd leave him alone. <laughs> Man, Gil Kane was a
2: busy busy dude. He also did the cover to Chamber of Chills.
1: Chamber of Chills, Conan, Creatures on the loose, Crypt of Shadows. Now, if you'd ask me who I'm thinking did Claw Daredevil. Th- yes. If you would asked me who did yep. Clause and Conquered number one,
2: I'd have said Mike Grell, so... yeah, You, you think, you know, that's like your fallback answer. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Sword and Sorcery, I tend to think Mike Grell did it, and so far he's not done a damn one of these ones I've clicked on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. Wow. I have nightmares like this cover on uh, Conan number 50 right here. What the hell is that thing? That is like... That is like man things, like... Hick relation or something there. Look at that thing. It's like, yeah. I think
1: that's the thing that Han Solo was smuggling in the new movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that thing is not right. The Cougar.
1: (laughs) It's about some old woman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The Cougar actually looks like he stole Plastic Man's outfit. Why didn't none of these Atlas characters look like the name of the thing that they're supposed to be? Yeah, no wonder they failed. All right, moving along. What else we got?
1: <gasps> Creatures on the Loose, number 35. I think the bigger thing, just going back to the Atlas thing for a moment, uh-huh. I think the bigger thing is they had all sorts of editorial interference, and these series seemed to like totally change their focus from month to month. Right. Like a series like The Brute would go from kind of a monster thing to a superhero thing, you know? Well, in total, okay,
2: I may have just answered my own question because I clicked on... The series gallery for the Cougar, two issues. I was trying to think, how long did Atlas actually last? It seemed to me that they were just a mere blip on the radar. I'm one thinking thing.
1: Si- somewhere between six months and a year. Yeah. Wow. What else do we got here? I, I remember this storyline now with Daredevil being kind of cool with the whole Hydra thing. And little by little, you know, he, he was facing off against these different villains. And eventually they were all together. They had uh, you know, Silvermane and the Dreadnought and... Uh, I forget what the, the bat character's name was. Like oh Silvermane was in there? I don't know if he was in this particular issue, but he was definitely in the storyline. Huh. Yeah, I have this issue
2: too. See, I always thought Silvermane was uh was created for that uh that storyline in
1: Spectacular where he was an old old man that became all bionic and all that.
2: Well and he it- was
1: actually introduced in Spider Man in like amazing Spider Man in like the seventies. Wow. And I don't mean the nineteen seventies, I mean the se- you know, like around hmm. issue seventy five around there. Yeah, I had no idea he went back that far. That was the uh, like they had the scroll with the formula for the uh, fountain of youth, right? And he eventually took it, and then they had the you know the ironic ending that it kept making him younger and younger and younger until he stopped existing. DC Special number 16: Superheroes Battle Super
2: Gorilla. How do you beat that? I love. Goofy ass covers like this, and this has always been one of my favorite. I'm, let me see. Do I still own this? I know I, I did when I was a kid. Do I still have this issue? DC. What the hell did I say this was?
1: Super special. special number 16. Special. It's special.
2: Special 16. No. Oh, Heartbreaker. Yeah. Oh. I go from 15 to 17. I do not have that. I know I had it when I was a kid, though. I wonder what the hell I did with it. I must have traded it to somebody. Oh, or I hate when I'm missing, missing comics that I thought that I, I
1: did have. All right, what else we got here? The Giant Size yeah, Avengers with uh, Mantis getting married and the Quicksilver uh, – not the Quicksilver, the Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision getting married. Did I miss that? Where is that? Giant Size Avengers. G. Oh, Giant Size. Okay, it's under G. I always
2: expect those to be under the –
1: and this is where, where the giant size books started to lose a little steam because you got giant size Fantastic Four as a reprint, giant size Marvel Triple Action reprint. Oh, you know what? We need to jump back a little bit. Sure. This you're not gonna
2: believe this, but Flintstones number thirty seven by Charlton, where uh, where Fred is getting snow blowing out of his television set covering him up. Here it says a severe blizzard uh, hit bedrock tonight. I actually need this issue for my collection.
1: This has been on
2: my... Uh, I'm going to go
1: out on a limb and say that we all need it.
2: But <laughs> well, do you know why, though? Uh,
1: because it's World's Fair? Nope.
2: Because it's issues. up in
1: one of the Disney Disney places? Nope. There are two issues. Because you're weird?
2: From back in this time, 37 is one. and I want to say the other one is 42, I think. Um, actually, some of the very earliest work by John Byrne. He oh, did uh, he did artwork for text pieces in those two issues. Believe it or not. Interesting. So let's see, back to what you Oh yeah, Giant Size Avengers. Yep. Is this the one where yeah, they have the simultaneous wedding. You've got uh, Vision and Wanda and then uh, Mantis Marries a Tree. Yeah, I remember yeah. this one.
3: That's some whack shit. Ooh, marries a tree. She marries a tree. The, the guy clock. goes to the guy goes to the bathroom and everything <laughs> goes to crap. Are you in the next uh,
1: month already? Human Torch number five reprinting the horrible Strange Tales issues.
2: Oh man, I've been reading those, and yeah, you are right. That that pace, Pot Pete
1: stuff is just brutal <laughs> to get through. Oh my god, does but that it's suck. actually quite amusing on the Fantasticast when they covered them. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we have <laughs> the, the War of the Supervillains starting in Iron Man number seventy
2: four. <gasps> you've got you've got what's giant Modok? Modok back is. It, I've
1: is- got. I've oh, uh, got Iron Man here, and I'm gonna kill him.
2: Hey, everybody,
1: Modak here. <laughs> but it, a, a real special issue after that, Joker number one.
2: Yep, I got that. I think I might. This
1: have
3: is a- M- Where is my super suit? <laughs>
2: Do I have? I think I might have a complete collection of Joker that I've I think played, I do. Uh, never actually read much of. I have read some of them.
3: Is they're this not, guy not good? Guys with big head month because we have the Gremlin is in the Hulk too.
2: <laughs> I have Joker. Oh, I don't have a number. Oh wait, yeah, there it is. It's um, in the wrong place. I have one, three, and five. I oh. think I have all of them. I think it's one through nine. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is nine issues. Who did Jungle? Oh, Billy Graham. Billy Graham and Daniel Green.
1: When he wasn't giving sermons. Yep. <laughs> that was in the off-season. We covered this issue of Commandy. This me, is one of... Me, I'm Bill, sorry. and Mike, actually. We weren't there that week. Oh, yeah, number 29, yeah. I he think was so mad at us. Number 1 and
2: 29, I think, are the only issues I kept of my commandy Because I had the whole series at one time. I think that was actually gifted to me by, uh, by um, Walt Hadley. And the only issues I kept were 1 and 29. I wish. This issue of Justice League of America, this uh, one eighteen, I think, along with the either the prior issue or the issue, let me see, what's the prior issue? This
3: one looks familiar. I think I've read this. Uh, what uh, is what? Uh, why is Aqu- the, the, the Aquaman in the uh, in the wheelchair? Because
2: he's got a mermaid tail. That's right. Yeah, I think that's the very first issue of uh, of Justice League I ever had. I'm pretty sure. It's the
1: very first issue of transvestite Aquaman. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's or is it's he transsexual of, if if not the earliest it's one of the earliest i ever had as a kid
3: superman looks wiped out man i'm so tired
1: i'm just gonna lean against this wall he's just chilling everybody else is beat up he's just <laughs> hanging
2: i love this I, I'm, I'm loving that we did this without you know with it being more than just marvel and dc because there's a lot of covers here i've never seen before this is actually pretty cool there's Croc,
3: of- son of tarzan yeah.
2: I was looking at the one next to that. That What is it? Korg 70,000 BC. That's... that's Korg! That's kind of
1: cool. Hanna-Barbera's Korg.
2: Oh, it is, oh. isn't it? Oh, yeah. It? So is that a TV show or something?
1: Hmm. I don't remember a Korg
3: t- TV show. Whoa, that uh, love and romance covers a little risque. Whoa! You're right. She's topless. I've heard of how easy it is to fall in love after you break up with someone else but this is ridiculous
2: she's a whore <laughs> dirty
3: dirty whore dirty dirty whore oh I-, I was
2: thinking this might be john Byrne on iron fist but it is not it is arville m jones who i i actually like he did some work on uh, all-star squadron man gods nice neil adams
3: from, from beyond the stars <laughs> looks, like, looks like hawkman's long lost brother or something on there
2: interior is alex nino just to let you know so if you fall in love with the neil adams cover just don't be disappointed because it is not neil adams oh, wait it is neil adams on the second story though good lord which was actually reprinted from marvel preview number 20 what was that that was oh okay that's a bizarre adventures with uh what's his name that adventurer dude i can't think of his name that howard Shaken adventurer guy You know who I mean. I can't think of his name. I have no idea who you mean. Fortune? Dominic Fortune? Yeah. Oh. Fortune. Oh. What else we got here? Eh, Stop me if something catches your eye, because nothing's catching my eye at the moment. I'm jumping way ahead. Planet of the Apes number seven, the magazine. I think this is the conclusion of the adaptation. This is either the conclusion of the adaptation of the movie or the beginning of... Oh, no. It says right here, beginning of this issue, beneath the Planet of the Apes. Okay. So this is the beginning of it. The second one.
1: I really like this cover. I have no idea what the story is, but the Star Spangled War cover by Joe Kubert. Where's that? Oh, that's way on down the page. Let's see. Well, you told me to stop doing when I see something. Oh,
2: yeah. That is cool.
1: (laughs) And that's next to uh, a Superman issue that I have that I think has a pretty cool cover as well.
2: Speed Buggy. Oh, I used to love Speed Buggy. Oh, that is cool.
3: Did you see that Neil Adams cover for Planet of the Vampires
1: by Atlas? Yes. Yes, very nice.
2: If I'm not mistaken, wasn't an issue of Planet of the Vampires what um, what is given to the one of the quarries or by one of the quarries in um, God? What the hell's that '80s vampire movie with Kiefer
1: Sutherland? Lost Boys? Mm-hmm. Did they give him a, a copy of Planet of the Vampires? I don't know. I'm gonna disappoint you by telling you I was never much of a fan of that movie.
2: Oh, me either. I, I can't believe I even know that. that. That movie always used to piss me off because he goes into the comic store and one of the I think it's one of the Corys cops and attitude about the issue of Superman that he says he's looking for. He's like it be the first red Kryptonite, and I'm like, it's it's totally off from whatever the fact is. He throws out his complete horseshit. So, Stupid yeah.
3: Cory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Speedbuggy. Oh, yeah, take, take,
2: take. All right, so that issue with Superman was with Crypto. Is this the one where? Does this have Green Arrow in it? No, I think I think Crypto had actually come back prior to this, and he was found by Green Arrow, and then this is where he actually meets up with Superman again as an adult or something like uh, something like that. I man, my memory should be better for this shit, and I just can't remember.
1: Should be your memory sucks.
2: It does. It really does. But there, there was an issue where, where Green Lantern or Green Arrow rather finds like this this white dog, this, and I think he's amnesiac or something, and he slowly figures out that oh my god this is like Superman's dog from when he was a kid or some
1: something silly. Like. I never read that. I never. I don't remember ever seeing that story. It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Just you know, not not because it makes sense, but just kind of a cool the right. concept though. Right. And I'm jumping way down to the bottom. I see we have the Super Sons in World's Finest that month, which I always loved the Super Sons.
2: Yeah, I think that was a. I think it was a fun concept, the Super Sons. Especially like when it.
1: you're, you know, when you're like thirteen, fourteen years old. Right.
2: I know all that stuff's been collected. I, I would like to actually, you know, read all of them because I, I only ever had. Oh my God! Here's another one that's actually on my list. So if you go to uh, right here, Walt Disney Moby Duck number seventeen. Mm-hmm. Is actually on my list, and that's part of my comics of Walt Disney World collection that I'm trying to build. Hmm. This comic is on display over at the uh, Polynesian Resort. <laughs> that's
1: wild. I have the uh, the trade on the Super Sons just on that again for a second, which oh, do you? Is
0: just a yeah, fun read.
2: yeah. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I know it had been uh, it had been collected. Woodsy Owl had a comic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I was
2: to- totally ignorant of that, and
1: <laughs> that's okay.
2: Wow. All right, here we go. Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch, number one. John Burns. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I might be, be remembering this fact wrong, but I want to say that Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch, number It's later. two, I think is John Burns' first published artwork, if I'm not mistaken. Let me yeah, see. He, he's he's on the
3: cover for number two. Let me
2: see. If I pull up. All right. Why is this not pulling up a list of John? All right, here it says we go. The Noisemakers' John L. Byrne. Oh it actually okay, he does have earlier stuff. Wait a minute. What has what just happened? I just lost it. Okay, no, I'm sorry, I I, I am wrong. i I must be thinking of an old list. It says here E Man six is before this. But it is one of the first John Burns. It's it's within like the first six things that he ever did according to this list. So that's that's pretty cool. I actually have those. I don't have number one, but I have uh I have William Chopper Bunch number two,
1: which I'm sure will come up next month. Or in two months, might be bi-month. Oh yeah, that's true too. Um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I'm 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 good for February. All right, moving along moving to into March. March, we have, we might have to make this a 3 special.
2: <laughs> oh yes, I remember that. Okay, so first issue special, and eh, not so much, but I re- definitely remember this Action Comics four. What is with the black X's on all the covers here that Mike's got? in is that must be the must have been like ones they were
1: returning or something. Yeah,
2: this is Action Comics number four forty eight. I definitely remember this one. What I'd your menace lurks on the thirteenth floor. This was one of those comics that was on a stack of comics that were that were at my grandma Gardner's whenever I'd go over to visit. You know, like my older uncles, older all, all their old comics that were just left in a pile on the on the porch. I remember this one. Because the doors would open and it was like some like weird like Doctor Strange looking dimension or something. That's all I can remember. I don't have any other memories of the of what the story was about, but I do remember that. And I think this is where I learned as a kid that most elevators and, and buildings don't have a thirteenth. You know, buildings that are thirteen or more stories high don't actually have a thirteenth floor. I think that's where I actually learned that for the first time.
3: You know, some do, not all, this but some right. do. Yeah, not all, but yeah. Yeah, because I run across that a few times, and I'll be like, ooh, this, this actually has a 13th floor. Cool. See, this this really – oh, man, I'm so glad that we picked this year to do because this really is – I mean, it's just
2: every page we go to is just really touching on my childhood because the very next image, Amazing Spider-Man 145, this is another one that – uh, I mean, this was another one of those comics that was on my grandma's front porch, was uh, the one where um, – the Scorpion's busting open the water tower to try to drown Spider-Man. I definitely remember this. No, Gil Kane. Yeah. Ross Andrew on the interiors. I liked Ross Andrew on uh, on Spider-Man. I thought oh, he yeah. did a really good job.
1: Then we got, got, got uh, Avengers is another reprint. That's a reprint of Amazing Adventures number 12. Yep. Yep. I think I have that too. I think I have Amazing Adventures number 12. I'm not sure if I do. We okay. Captain America is continuing the oh, you want Falcon is remember- a plant.
3: Brave and the Bold, Batman and Man-Bat I I, I remember this cover for, uh, as a kid It was like the first time that I ever, ever saw the Man-Bat and I was very confused
1: <coughs> Yep. It's like, what? What is that? Is he a it's man- a Batman and a Man-Bat, man-bat. Get it?
0: <laughs> Whoa
1: And I think this is the concluding issue of the uh, Sons of the Serpent story and the Defenders and we got a uh, Along with the usual suspects, we also have Yellow Jacket and the Son of Satan in the book. I, I remember loving Satan? that. Oh.
3: Satan?
0: <laughs>
2: I also like, uh, you know, I, I really like Salbu Sema and Klaus Jansen together, but uh, this cover is by Gil Kane and Klaus Jansen. I, I like that combo too. They, yes. they work pretty well together. Now it says the interior on this particular issue is Sal Busimma and Bob McCloud. I bet you that's some gorgeous stuff. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look at that. I
1: remember I mean it's been a long time since I read it, so my memory may be nostalgic painted by nostalgia, but I I remember really liking this. Ah, oh, here
3: it is. This this Detective Comics. This is Yep. I got this in a Easter uh basket. It, it was I don't don't ask me why, but I remember this cover where um he gets shot and she gets shot. I can't remember. Yep. Is that Talia?
2: Talia, yeah, yeah.
3: They used that
2: cover when they reprinted this as one of the tabloid size. I want to say it was like best of. Yeah, here it is, right here, best of DC number nine. They used that this cover as the cover for that when they reprinted the the entire Bat Murder story in total. The problem with that, the only problem with that, it's a it's a great story, but unfortunately, um, Aparo leaves. Because I, I want to say it's like a, I don't know, it's like a five or six issue. Let me see how many how many chapters does it have here. It should tell me if I go to, it's one, two, three, four, five, six. So I think if I'm not mistaken, halfway through the storyline, Aparo leaves and Ernie Chanchoa whatever takes over the art, and he is no you, sir, are no Jim Aparo. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it just it, it just wasn't as straight. You know, it's like one of those stories that starts so strong and finishes kind of weak only because the art's just not up to par. But still a great story. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, first issue, or famous first edition F7 that reprints All-Star Comics number 3, the first appearance of the Justice Society. I'm pretty sure I have that one.
1: I not think. me. I'd like to, but I don't.
2: I the actually... Has it
1: wants to send it to me.
2: <laughs> as a child i actually had a all-star comics number three that was left to me by my grandfather and i was allowed to cut the pictures out of it and hang it on my oh, wall and God. somebody needs to be shot for not you know for allowing me to do that oh man i do not damn it Just i do not have that, that kills yeah i know because that book's worth a lot of money today oh yeah now, correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. This cover of Fantastic Four 159 didn't this used to be one of those um, like scholastic folders?
1: Either that, or as a notebook cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yep. yeah. I definitely have seen that in you know in other mediums. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. And I'm pretty sure I have this this issue of the Flash, although I don't remember the story itself, with him laying dead among his uh, the statues at the Flash Museum. Right. For
2: lovers only, what else we got here?
1: Giant Size Invaders, that's the first ever Invaders story.
2: Giant Size Dracula number 5. This is John Byrne's first published work for Marvel Comics. And it's not very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, I paid a pretty penny for that a few years ago just because I needed it for my collection of John Byrne, and I, I bought it off of eBay. This was in the like the early days of eBay. I bought it, and I paid a lot of money for it and was so disappointed because the John Byrne story – because it's multiple stories in one issue, and the John Byrne story is only a couple pages long, and the art was really, really rough, which is odd because – you know, it's it's published contemporaneously with stuff like Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch and some of his other very early works that look really good over at Charlton. But he did not look. I think it was his inker, and I can't remember who inked him. But it was not. It was not good. Let me see if it's if I can find out who it was here. Oh, these
1: other stories are all reprints. That would be oh, it was uh, Rudy, Rudy
2: Ru- Nebries. Yeah, I don't I don't care for Rudy Nebries. That's who it was. Say what?
1: I was going to say it was Rudy Nebries. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought I had gotten to it quicker than you.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Uh Hulk continuing its Gremlin story. Iron Man was continuing the War of the Supervillain story. Iron Jaw number three.
2: By Mike Growl No, not Mike Growl Oh,
1: never mind. Commandy is <laughs> still in its Jack Curly run.
2: I love that cover on uh on Justice League of America number nineteen, Superman's always yelling at people on at, the at Justice League Did You ever notice that? Yeah,
0: yeah. He he's
2: either he's either so weak he can't move, or he's yelling at everybody. And he's, he's and this one is look at Batman. He's like, God damn it! He's always yelling at us. He's,
1: he's, Batman's looking down into his belt to see if he's got the green k- kryptonite in it.
2: <laughs> look Black at Canary's somewhere. like, Stop yelling! Why do you guys have to fight all the time? You're tearing me apart. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's awesome. God, it's like collectors. Grand Central Station in here. I keep having a mute. Oh, I gotta get some of the dry I gotta take the trash out. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm getting in here.
2: <laughs> Limited Sorry. Collector's Edition C36, the Bible. I don't, I don't have this, and that. I feel really badly that I don't have this.
0: this is... Joe Kubert,
2: Joe Kubert on the cover, and Nestor Redondo on the interior. I think I I think I saw this when I was a kid, but I don't think I ever actually had it. Oh, I like the cover to Lone Ranger number twenty one by Gold Key. That's actually pretty cool.
1: And like you said, Gold Key doesn't seem to have skimped on the covers.
2: No, the covers were gorgeous, but that's how they would hook you because the the covers were gorgeous, <laughs> and then the interiors were shit. Yeah,
3: the Mighty Mighty Samson a little further down looks nice too, but who knows what you get inside.
2: Marvel Double Feature, I noticed. I don't know what, how I discovered this. They used the same cover twice during their run. So if you go to this one, the Marvel Double Feature number 10, click on that series gallery. And they used it, let me see, number 10. And then they used it again. Where is it? Oh, here it is. It was number 3. So look at the cover of number Marvel Double Feature number 3 and number 10. It's the same cover. They just slightly recolored it.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow, talk about lazy. Yep.
3: That's
2: funny. I don't know how I discovered Whoa, what is that I
3: discover that? recently. That cover a Marvel double feature. <laughs> Look at the cover of Marvel double feature number 15. Number I don't know what, it's, what, what Cap's doing there, but that's that needs to be censored. Number
2: 15. Cap <laughs>
1: in his porn chair.
2: <laughs> the Orgasmatron.
3: <laughs>
1: He's even got a little, looks like there's a little discharge. In. I don't know what that is. That's,
3: ah. like, that's like some super soldier se- uh, semen.
1: <laughs> I, I want to know no more. I'm off that page already.
3: Ah Ooh, I don't think I've ever seen this cover before to
2: Phantom Stranger number thirty seven. And I likes Mummy Coming Alive and Strangulating somebody. Why are mummies always strangling people?
0: Can't they be mad. nice?
1: Can't they get along? This is this is really the era where Jim Aparrow was at the top top of oh. his game. Oh yes. I agree. Wholeheartedly I agree. Let's see what else
2: we got. We got Dick Dragon, Kung Fu Fighter. <laughs> Um, Richie Rich has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, yeah. No. A lot. Nine, nine You titles. got sad sack? Sad sack. That's just, like, that That just sounds wrong. He had a I sad sack. I think they make sack. a pill for that, don't they?
1: Oh, the dog like. There you it. go. Dr. Bill, nice, nice dog imitation. <laughs> I, I, I even threw my voice out of the room, too. You got a uh, the warlock or Adam Warlock in Strange Tales. That's in the Jim Stalin run, which is excellent. Oh, that thing is not right. What is that thing's name? Like Chode or something? Or I don't know. Chode. It's not Chode, because Chode is from the uh, Star whatever Star Jammers. Oh, it's it right. Me a
2: Sugar Man from the. Uh...
1: <laughs> He's what similar looking. To the...
2: Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep, yep. What was that when they went off to that alternate timeline? That was the Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse, yeah, that's what it looks like. This
3: is the dawning of the age Of apocalypse. This is
2: one of the very earliest issues of Superboy and the Legion I can remember having as a kid. Now, this is Mike Growl. I was just
1: going to say, finally, one that's actually Mike. Finally,
2: Mike Growl, and I remember this one very distinctly. Something happened to right at the very beginning of the issue. Might even happen on this on the splash. I can't remember. Something happened to Jackie and. This is one of those things where you don't realize how goofy shit is until you're grown up and you reread like a story you loved as a kid and then realize, wait, this story makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So she's dying. And in order to save her, each one of the Legionnaires has to hold onto these two little globe things and absorb a portion of her pain. And when it comes to be Superboy's turn, turns out that, whoops, wait, dumbass, you're invulnerable, so you can't absorb some of her pain. So the only other person that can do it in time before she dies is um duo damsel. So duo damsel does it and then splits into two and then her two halves are warring each other because they're in such pain that they have to bitch fight. I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean reading it as an adult, I'm like, wow, this story is so like nonsensical. But as a well, kid what was what was the pain she
3: transferred? To? Menstrual
1: cramps or something?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what, I, what I thought she so told cool? him
1: to go away because she needed her pain. I need my pain. <laughs> I want my pain.
2: Yeah, uh, you know what? I might have to bring that issue to back to the bin sometime because that could be a lot of fun. I think I have. I'm pretty sure I have that one. Beautiful art, though. And I always, I you know, as as lame as absolutely lame a character as she is, I always liked Princess Projector just because I liked her outfit. Not yes, sure. Cause she because she was the cleavage. Yep. Because it was open down the center. Mike Grell yeah. liked boobies, man. You could tell. You could definitely tell well, who doesn't come on, this is true. you know I never realized that this cover on I never <laughs> realized I like boobies <laughs> this cover on Superman 288 I never realized that was uh just Dick Giordano all by hen some on that. I like that cover. That's cool. That's a classic one I remember as a kid
1: That one I used to think that was in Neil Adams. yeah, I can see that. Uh, what else? Nothing else, really. Nothing else this month jumping out at me. What
2: the hell is going on on Tweety and Sylvester I number four? just
3: looking at that. Tweety's, like, gone in, and he's made him uh, Sylvester Jenner or something there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Kind> of, uh... <laughs> All right.
1: You ready to move on to April? I had an issue with
2: Super Goof when I was a kid, but I don't think it's that one.
3: <laughs> Super Goof. I remember Super Goof. Oh, I do not. Yeah, it was, it uh, was the, yeah. Goofy Superman or whatever.
2: Yep. No, that's it. That's all I got
3: for yeah. this. One. All right, let's shift
2: over it. to April. April. This is my birth month. Let's see what we can find here. Lady
1: Cop. Lady Cop. <laughs> I think they. I think they covered something with this on Fire and Water recently. I want to say that we've done this issue on. I want to say it
2: was Bins and I want to say it might have been Michael Bailey that did this. Possibly. Am I, am I wrong?
1: I don't know. That would be. That would predate me.
2: One of you listeners that have listened to all the episodes and have a better memory than I do, write in and let us know. But I, I want to say that that's a thing that that's that that's real. That I didn't just dream that. Um, I have this not issue, a what if action comics four forty nine with robot parts kicking the crap out of Superman. I do have that one. Do I have this adventure comic? See, there's there's a few issues of Aparo's run on adventure doing. Um, the specter that i need and i think no i do have this one okay i do have this one i don't think i have any of that run oh it's good stuff you know if you want them on the cheap it was reprinted in a four issue deluxe or not deluxe but you know that that glossier not no it wasn't even gloss what do you call it Baxter paper.
1: Baxter paper <laughs> it was um, actually on toilet paper
2: <laughs> um I but dreamed that, it. It was Wait, a four-issue no. thing called Wrath of the Spectre. They reprinted it. and uh, Wrath of the Sphincter? Spectre! <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff.
3: Actually, that's what I had about 15 minutes ago when I ran in the bathroom, was Wrath Wrath of the Sphincter.
2: So. All right. I am totally rooting for the Scorpion on the cover of... <laughs> die! <laughs> die! Because he's about to off Aunt May. You know, say what you will. I, I, you know, with all his mutations over the years and everything, I liked the Rib for Her Pleasure version of the Scorpion
1: <laughs> best. I really do. Yeah, me too. Uh,
2: man, way, That's... way too many Archie
1: books. Too yeah, many damn that Archie. Is, books. That was a particularly memorable issue of the Avengers. Which when, when the Beast comes and joins. Oh, is this where he joined them? And, and it's memorable despite the fact that the interior art is by George Tuska. And Vinny Cal- Kol. Oh my
2: God! Two great tastes that taste like shit together. Wow! Yikes! Easy now. Barbarians number one is it by no Pablo Marcus and
3: no.
1: Okay,
2: never mind. You're safe. There's no Mike Grell in this issue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> look at look at the cover on Boris, Boris Karloff tales. Tell me that's not awesome. Boris
3: Karloff. Where am I? The seeing? Dog likes it. Oh yeah. This is it like fighting the Yeti? That's
2: a good-looking Yeti right there.
1: That is. That that could be on uh, what you call it, Expedition to Everest.
2: He's got a beautiful perm, too.
1: Well, you know, they were got, they were messing with Sasquatch.
2: He's so. got hillbilly teeth. He is great. I like the guy that's going, whoa off the side of the cliff.
1: That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> got Batman love teaming him. up with Commandy. Love that. Love the- oh, my God. I love that issue. Yes. I think that's the one
2: I was talking about not long ago because I had... This has got to be the one because I think they only ever teamed up twice in Brave and the Bull. But there's one that I had that was coverless when I was a kid. The issue I have may still be coverless, but the interior, you know, the the splash page uh, opener of the book was Batman being pursued by or no, it was either. No, I think actually I think it was Commandy being pursued by apes on horseback led by Batman, I think is what it was. Something like that. But yeah, I think that was actually my first exposure to Commandy was in Brave and the Bold. trying to remember. Where the hell was that? Oh, I know where it was. It was uh, when Mike and I were talking about uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths number one.
1: I think I was telling that story. More Brute. And you can see here. Now, this is where it goes from being kind of a monster book into let's see if we can make him into the Hulk. Right. You can tell right by the cover. They, They didn't know what to do with this character. No one can withstand the death gaze of Doomstalker. Dun, dun, dun. The Love, uh, Trial yes. of the Watch is continuing in Captain Marvel. Doomstalker looks like the
2: Punisher meets the village people.
3: <laughs> the young wow. One.
1: I'm sorry, which one were you talking about? I said uh, the Trial of the Watcher is continuing in Captain Marvel.
3: Ah. The Watu, where are you?
1: <laughs> you should have taken a plea bargain. <laughs> Creepy Full things. Time. It's like a screwed up looking frog, man.
3: Yeah. We got the man-wolf there.
2: What the hell is wrong with the back of that dude's... Oh, okay, he's got another person's face on the back of his head. He's that two-faced. Would... Ah. That would not be fun. Oh, that would give me
3: nightmares when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, that's a, f- that's a freaky cover right there, man.
3: In the issue of Daredevil, is that uh, B. Arthur as Maud in a Hydra outfit there? <laughs> behind Daredevil?
1: No, that's Silvermane.
3: Oh, looks like See B. Arthur.
1: Silvermane, the man-killer, Dreadnought uh i figure what is black wing i think and el jaguar
2: <laughs> damn i have that issue too
1: that's what i was saying it, it ends with the you know kind of the all the villains of the run teaming up against them what else we got okay now's oh. the last issue of the serpents we got
3: valkyrie
2: Love upside down on, on a cover.
1: cross that's a yep. great gilkane cover
2: that is i like that one that's a that's lot good. of heroes too bad she just doesn't fall out with
3: a little boostier thing. Oh.
2: Doomsday Plus One Number One. I liked this title. You know, as, as a matter of fact, uh, Burn just returned to this not long ago with, who was that, IDW he was doing that for? He was doing like a modern. Most likely.
3: I think they do all his stuff now.
2: Yeah, he was doing like a modern reboot of. Oh, uh, this This yeah. one's it's by possible. John L. Burn. Yeah. I used to know what the L stood for, and I've since forgotten. Don't have you have you either of you guys ever read Doomsday Plus One?
1: No. Yes, I think you covered one issue on the show, but that's yeah,
2: it. yeah, not one of the better issues, unfortunately.
3: It's I tried to just like skim through it, and I got confused as hell, and went what it's the hell.
2: Well, you know the, the... because
3: because they're stuck up in they're stuck on band-aid and because Band-Aid's stuck the on them. earth goes <laughs> the earth goes to shit while they're up on a on a on like a like a space station, and they yeah. crash back down but then like there's cavemen guys with modern technology i don't know i i kind of got lost
2: yeah it's it's basically like planet of the apes happened in like 3 weeks and yeah it's it's really bizarre the timeline just doesn't match but you know it's it's obvious when you read it that it's written for like you know not the smartest 8 year olds and uh <laughs> and it really shows but it it's still it's it's fun you know it's it's the concepts are really good, even though the executions, you know, and the story is not that great. But Byrne's art is—I mean, that was that was very early, hungry Burn, and it's really, really pretty stuff. Oh, uh, what that's else that's we good. got? giant size X-Men number—is this the the real, like actual? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sad to say, I do not have this book.
1: I do.
3: I've got yeah. the. I've got mm-hmm. ninety four X Men ninety four, but I don't have giant size X Men.
2: I had one uh, a ninety four not long ago um, that I I couldn't resist. I ended up turning it around because I, I bought it in a I bought a collection off of eBay because the guy just posted up it was a listing that said something like old comic books and uh, he took a picture. It was like a picture of a bunch of comics just like laid out on a table, and one of the comics on the table was X Men ninety four, and I'm like shit. So I just kept bidding on it, and I won the whole box for a song. So I ended up hmm. getting an X Men '94 that, when you broke it down by how much I paid for the box divided by how many issues were in it, I paid something like seven cents for it, and turned it around for, I want to say like eighty bucks or something like that. And this this was a this was a while ago. This is probably now that I really think about it, I bet it was probably a good ten or so years ago. And uh, while I was really glad to have the money at the time, I kind of wish I'd kept the book, to be honest with you.
3: This Justice, Inc., is that the same character that was in the Marvel, wasn't the new universe, didn't it have a Justice, Inc. character?
2: You're thinking of Justice. There was a character called Justice. Oh, okay. All
3: right. Because I'm not familiar with this Justice, Inc.,
2: this, I don't, I'm not familiar with this it looks like incarnation, a but did you ever see, there was a two issue, do you remember DC's prestige format that they used to do in the, in the late eighties, early nineties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was a two issue series called justice Inc that they did in the prestige format.
0: Hmm.
2: And that was, had something to do with this. I, I want
3: to, well, it says featuring the Avengers. So I guess that's the guy.
2: Yeah. The that's Ale the guy. guy. Yeah. I, I want to say he's like a a literary character or something that they licensed or some I don't know I I, don't I think know. I
1: think that may be the case yeah well
3: the name of the story is the Skywalker dun Ooh. dun dun <laughs> George Lucas copied this
2: I want to say that cover to Hulk 189 was also a Scholastic like folder or book cover or um, something like that too that looks very familiar
1: oh, Ooh, maybe oh I'm not sh- man what else do we got here got a great marvel preview of the punisher that's a magazine oh yeah yep marvel team up the human torch and dr strange speaking of which have you seen the advanced shots of uh, benedict Cumberbatch as dr dr strange yeah i I have yeah um, i'm surprised how how true to the comics the look is
2: yeah you
1: know I am happily I, I, surprised
2: I really don't care for dr strange I really don't like uh, Benedict Cumberbund but you know what I'll go see it Marvel has not let me down yet with any of its MCU stuff so uh, yeah they, they have my money just because they've generated that much goodwill with me even though I don't care for the material I'm still gonna go check it out and I bet you I bet y'all enjoy it too
3: now what I'm waiting for is for Benedict Cumberbund batch, whatever, to play Dr. Shrinker. Dr. Shrinker? You don't remember Dr.
0: Oh, I don't, I don't
3: remember Dr. Shrinker. This, What's that from? The, the stuff on the cartoons? Well, it wasn't a cartoon. It was like, it was the Sid and Mar- Marty Croft live action. He, he, Dr. Shrinker, Dr. Shrinker, uh-huh. he's You're- a madman with an evil mind. You got me on that one. And he shrunk the people down. They were on an island and he shrunk them. It was like a take on like the Land of the Giants thing and they were trying to fu- the uh he was played by an actor I'm going to say Jay Robinson he played uh, uh Ben Hur as uh the one that was the emperor and he goes Christian no nothing, nothing?
2: My, my Sid and Marty Croft foo is is not strong I'll be honest <sighs> with you I remember I remember things I remember pieces I remember like
0: you remember Cygnus, Electra, Woman <laughs> Electra Woman and Dyna Girl
2: Electra Woman and Dyna Girl I remember okay. them um, but yeah, there's other portions. I like the
3: Bugaloo's. I don't remember worth a damn. I so. don't think they. I don't think that was Sid Marty Croft. The Bugaloo's. Oh, all right. I, th- I think that was something different. Um, I think what they did the the one with Ruth Buzzy and Jim Neighbors didn't they? Was that Sid Marty Croft? <laughs> Lost saucer. Uh, they were, ro- were they were robots? Did, they do, kids, did they do far out space nuts? I think so. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was with Bob Denver and um, yep. Chuck McGann, right? And I said lunch, not launch. <laughs>
2: That's always been one of my favorite quotes. Yep. I love this this cover to issue number seventeen of Mod Wheels. It looks like they're racing a big Shaver. Oh, Mod Wheels.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it probably makes that sound the whole time. Then it like catches in the carpet. <laughs>
0: Holy
3: shit. <laughs>
2: hey, there's that issue of Superman we were talking about not long ago. Superman two eighty nine where he's he's latching onto the Phantom Cavalry rider.
3: Uh, oh I gotta scroll down for that one. Oh, it, uh... oh yeah. Oh, there's a swamp thing.
1: Yep.
2: I want this issue of Shazam. Is that? A 19. metal dog on his back? Where you've got yeah. Billy Batson transforming into Captain Marvel, but then you have a reverse colored Billy Batson changing into a reverse colored Captain Marvel. And it says that he is the world's mightiest villain. Whereas I, I think I had this one as a kid, but I can't remember oh, thing okay. about it. That she's looks like Adam. Cool. It, may, it may be, but that's that's just huh. weird. I think that's kind of cool. I just don't remember what the deal is with that, but it's cool looking. I just think he looks cool in reverse, you know, because it's kind of like Flash and reverse Flash, except it's Captain mm-hmm. Marvel and, like, reverse Captain Marvel. So that's actually mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh what else? I do love that cover on oh, yeah. Swamp Thing, by the way. Yeah, that's really cool. This is when Nestor Redondo took over because, um, what you call it, Len Wein and um, Bernie Wrightson left at issue 10, I want to say. Something like that. Uh, what else do we got? See, I'm not really seeing. You guys see anything else? No, not any real. <gasps> <current> <gasps> Wait, time. I do oh, see one. What, Here's what, another what? one that's on my want list: Walt Disney Comics and Digest number 53, Disneyland USA Special Magic Kingdom issue. I need this one for my collection. I do not have this book,
1: and it's. I pricey. never see any of those around because I would think, oh, I'll keep my eyes open for it, but I yeah, never, but never see any of those. This this stuff is like I don't think it's particularly valuable, but it is super rare,
2: or at least. In any comic shop or anything I've ever seen it, that stuff is like really rare. I think the print runs must have been low or something. I don't, I don't know.
1: We got another uh, Super Sons
2: in World Finest. Yep. You got a man about to die on the cover of uh, Weird Western Tales number uh, twenty-nine because he just called Jonah Hex a traitor, so he's going to get a bullet
1: in the head. It's a yellow belly.
2: And that's about it.
1: All right, we're ready to move on to May. May. May, may I? <laughs> oh, that was lame. It was. That's why it's funny. You may Superman not. Superman
2: thought it was funny on the cover of Adam. <laughs> <Actually, laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure I have that one. The
3: laugh heard round the world.
1: Then we have Adam-12 again.
3: This amazing Spider-Man. Not- I remember seeing this. Uh, was this like a promotional thing too? No, you're thinking a cover of uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number
1: one, I think. Oh, no. Where no, you-,
2: no you know what? No. Let me think. I got a. You might be thinking also st- uh, t-
1: Spider-Man One Thirty Five. Th- yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah, I think you're right. The tarantula has always got those those pointy shoes headed right for somebody's face, but he's he's never put out an eye. Now I saw somebody. I can't remember if it was in the back to the bins group
2: or not, but somebody on Facebook re- recently was disparaging the tarantula, and I want to know what you guys think of the
1: tarantula because I always thought he was pretty cool. Yeah, I was. I was always okay with it. You know, it's kind of, you know, kind of silly, but but fine, right.
0: Mm. I never don't had a really problem. have any.
1: Don't really think he was a chump, but he didn't really stand out in my mind. Eventually, I think they decided he was a chump because they like mutated him into a real tarantula, and I think they killed him off. Aw. That's what well, I to me a, an A plus cover on uh, astonishing tales for Deathlock. Deathlock yesterday dies today. See, I think
2: I I I might have had a soft spot for tarantula only because of what Bill was just talking about was that again. He was on one of those things that we saw as kid. You know, it's like a, a notebook yeah. cover or something like that. And I think I think Paul's right. I think it's I'm looking here at Amazing Spider Man one thirty four. Is that what you said, Paul?
1: I said one thirty five, but um I'm, I'm you know, that's I'm off the top of my head.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at one for one thirty four. And that I think Yeah, that, that is the one, one that's yeah.
1: one, well actually one thirty five too though. I think they did something with that as well. Oh, okay. I'll have to pull that up hmm. i think that's what i was thinking of but yeah 134 is the one that we were originally referring to but i'm pretty sure there was a folder with 135 on it
2: 135 i'm trying to find it yeah yeah i that one definitely was but I was thinking of one where it was where it was the tarantula like leaping, you know, at, at Spider-Man, where he was trying to stab him with those pointy boot things that he has, and I think that might have been 134. I'm not sure.
3: Big pointy feet.
0: Yeah,
2: but yeah, I, I definitely yeah, you're right about 135. I definitely remember seeing that on the cover of like a, a notebook or something like that, I a mean, classic folder or something. Yeah. Marvel knew how to market even
3: back then. They were they're getting on the covers of things. Well, getting back to your uh, astonishing tales, one Paul, the Bernie Wrightson was the anchor on that cover. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: I just automatically assume everything Deathlock is is Rich Buckler, but this is Ed Hannigan on this cover. Yeah, I think it's a great cover. That is beautiful. Yep. Then, uh, yeah, Avengers one thirty eight. That's uh, it's got uh, they're fighting the Stranger, but I think it turns out to be the Toad. <laughs> what it wasn't hell, billy joel oh sorry how
2: the hell did the toad just <laughs> i think he
1: uses like an image inducer or something to make them oh, think that lord stranger baby snots is yourself <laughs> baby <laughs> snots where's the <laughs> what oh that's oh there no. it is baby snoots <laughs> <laughs>
3: baby snoots one near my way um no that's still not Mike Rowe. okay Oh, Green Lantern! <laughs> Green Lantern DC Special Seventeen. Guess what, Scott? That's Mike Grell. It is, and I have this one in absolutely trademarked,
2: whipped to shit condition. But I do have that one. I don't know. I have no idea where I got that. But yeah, my my particular copy of that is in rough shape.
1: Right before that, the issue of Daredevil. It was like a, you know, the guy's name is Copperhead, I think, and it's it's like a very film noir story. I remember that. Hmm. I don't think I
2: have
3: that one. What does he shoot pennies?
2: I think he I
1: think he shoots people and then he puts pennies in their eyes. Oh God! Wow. And the oh, Defenders God. was was a crossover. No, well, guest starring Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. What the hell is it? Dead of Night
2: featuring Scarecrow. I have never laid eyes on this book before in my life. I had it at the time. I don't think I ever read it. Huh? Gil Kane and Bernie Wrightson. That's a strange combo. Destructor. Yeah, this, this is when Detective hit that that era. I don't really care for because everything is Ernie Chan. I just really yeah,
3: not not crazy about this particular era. I kind of remember that cover from something though. Yeah, oh, it was 450 maybe because it was you know like a you know a not a key book but like you know like a a 500 a 450 a 400 something along those lines an anniversary book. I do have this famous first editions F8
2: reprinting flash comics number one i do have that one somewhere in my collection that's pretty cool
3: oh that fantastic four i remember seeing this one i've got i've got these in my my collection too actually i've got all these fantastic fours we've covered tonight the thing like he's about to get ready to chomped by some type of godzilla creature i don't remember what it is or
1: what they were <laughs> I looking think they at were like some ultimate alternate earth or something
3: yeah is this always, one
1: way where, 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 where counter earth I don't think it's Counter Earth, but it well, could be. Is this the one where there's the, the character who's like a hockey goaltender, and it turns out that it's <laughs> Earth's that Earth's it, Johnny Storm? I think
3: that might be next. Hold on, let me look at the. Might be the next. I experience. think that's I'm next. Sure. Next. Next time.
0: <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I remember oh the God.
0: hockey. my Hong Kong Fu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nope, no, that's his. Batman
3: Brothers, baby. <laughs>
0: Oh, number awesome. one
3: super guy, Hong Kong Fooey, quicker <laughs> than a human eye. chicka chong, chicka chong, chicka, come come on, chicka ching chong.
1: Everybody was Kung Fu fight.
3: Beedy beep 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 beep.
1: The
2: Hulk versus Gay Pride on the cover of uh what? number one ninety. Oh what is
3: that, Glorian? Glorian, yeah. Calling Glorian <laughs> Glorian, glorian. <laughs> yeah, That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Well, that's what I was doing. <laughs> I, I know that's why I picked up on it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Vaders number one. Oh, you guys went right past "For Lovers Only" by Charlton. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. S- lots of, like a hottie in a bikini. Wow.
1: She, she, she's 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 like a little boy in a, biki- a bikini.
3: Yeah, what? she is. She's
1: not right. Oh. She's got no shape to her. Forget oh, her.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Never mind. Ooh, I feel kind of creepy
1: now. Ooh. ooh I enjoy ooh. number four. Shush. is the origin of I enjoy. <laughs> I know I was gonna cover that on bins one time, but I don't think I ever did.
0: When what
2: what the hell is happening on Grimm's Ghost Stories number twenty four? It looks like Abe Lincoln with a
1: with a megaphone
2: yelling at some guy in a in a boat while a ghost of an Indian yells at him. What the hell <laughs> yeah, is what, going what, on? Yeah, what what?
1: You never heard that story?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so derivative. Wow. Oh, it says they were phantoms, the ship, the captain, the crew, but the white whale was real. That's uh Pequod, whatever. That's uh, it's Moby Ahab. Dick. Ahab.
1: All right. And I think that's Ishmael.
3: He's got a wooden
1: now, leg.
2: In, in fairness, I never read Moby Dick, but I'm pretty sure Abe Lincoln's
3: not in that no, story. No, he's got a peg leg. Look, he's got a peg. Oh, All know. right, but I'm pretty sure Abe Lincoln did not have a peg leg. That's not Abe Lincoln.
0: He's got oh, a cane. Oh, okay.
1: That's Ahab. Yeah,
3: the Arab. And I
1: think that's Ishmael.
3: Okay. Hey, right. call me Ishmael. No, tell that would, me that, that Ishmael does not would be look the guy like... in the boat. That's that's the Indian Pequod with all oh, the yeah, tattoos
2: on there. Oh, yeah, 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 final. you're right. Uh, okay. Don't you know nothing? <laughs> it does look like Abraham Lincoln though. <laughs> it's Chris Hemsworth. Funnier my way. Ah, <laughs> oh, let's see what else we got here. Ooh, Calm. somebody is about to get brained on the cover of Korg 70,000 BC. That's one P- pussy caveman. Look at him. He's like, please don't hurt me. <laughs> I love the monkey. The monkey's like, yeah, smash his head in. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. I love it. Is that right before Kong the Untamed? Bernie Wrightson okay. cover?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, he's about to get brained, too. Yeah. It's all brainings this month.
0: Called <laughs>
3: by Cole the Barbarian. Call him the Barbarians. What is that? He's fighting a snake person? What is that? Lizard guy, oh, all all knew the wrath of Tulsa Doom. That would be yeah. Conan's nemesis. That Man Thing movie is actually
2: pretty cool. Where Man Thing is getting his ass kicked by the Thing. Uh, what's his name? Shang Chi, Daredevil, and
3: and uh, Spider Man. That's actually pretty cool. Actually, I think he's using Daredevil to beat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's got Daredevil by the feet with one. He's got one hand wrapped around both of Daredevil's legs, and he's like, ah.
2: Marvel team up number 36. I've seen this one somewhere before.
1: You've seen that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We covered that later. I was just going
2: to say, didn't we just cover that one? Yeah. Uh, It
1: was a very, very intelligent story as I recall.
2: It was a very good year. Monster hunters. Number one. That's a gorgeous cover. Probably a crappy book that. Yeah. I'm sure the interior sucks, man. There's no credits. What's come on, Mike, what's going on, buddy? You got nothing else to do. Update this page. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's nothing There's no uh, no credits whatsoever That's a really pretty cover though I like that one What else we got here They're feeding the phantom to the sharks On Phantom number 66 um, I have a feeling this is going to be A very visual episode So I hope the listeners actually click along with us On this one
1: yeah, I think this, this is Click the, with us They should click with it <laughs> Get clicking man what else we got here?
0: Oh my well, god, like- I
1: think I have the Scary Tales book. That looks really familiar
2: to me. Do I actually have this? Let's see.
1: Scary. Tales. I can promise you I don't.
2: See, I have very few of these Charlton books that are popping up here, but that one looks strangely familiar to me. Uh, hmm. Not according to the master list, I don't. I don't know why that cover looks so familiar. That's weird. It's a cool-looking cover, though. I wonder if I had it at one time, maybe. Or maybe I have it under all new because I'm a dope and I didn't know where I was supposed to put it. Mm. I don't know. It looks familiar, though. Uh, What else? What else? What else? Always liked that cover to Superman 290. That's pretty cool. The people getting sucked up into a whatever,
1: alien spaceship or something. Supervillain team up number one. Oh, Skull the Slayer number one. I liked that series when it was out. Kind of had a combo. You know, almost... A little bit of, a uh, you know, the Lost in Time, Planet of the Apes kind of feel about it.
2: I don't think hmm. I've ever read any of that. Who is uh, Steve Gann? Name doesn't ring a bell. How's the interior art? Uh, I remember it being average, if, hmm. if my memory is accurate. I love the cover. You know, if somebody had asked me who the inker was on that, I would have sworn that it was Tom Palmer. But it says here it's Al Milgram, who I don't typically care for all that much. But that's a really good cover. I like that. That's actually pretty snazzy. Let's see. What else? Did we, we cover this issue of Wonder Woman?
0: Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, like... Where
3: all these guys are getting ready to blast her. She's got herself wrapped up in her blast. Yeah, we,
1: we did. I think uh, I think that may be one that uh, Dave Pasquarella brought. Oh,
3: okay. I
1: yeah, think. Is that, that where she's going against the macho guy? <laughs> macho, macho guy. I think if she was going through like trials to to see if she could return to the Justice
3: League. That's that's it, yeah, because that's why um, uh, the elongated man is like snooping,
1: <laughs> but not helping her, even though she's about right. to be cut down by a firing squad. And and then he goes back and reports,
2: oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, blah blah blah. She almost
1: died.
2: Is he elongated watching. watching her in the shower or something? Or <laughs> <laughs>
1: is note this month. What? Is it what? I said anything more of note this month?
2: Ah, uh, you know, I'm yeah, I'm not really
1: no. All right, time yeah. to move on to June. June. And I guess guess we'll make June our final month for for tonight's episode, and then we'll finish out the year. Later. Maybe th- all maybe right. Think of Barnaby Jones tonight's episode. Dingbats of Danger Street in
2: uh, first-issue <laughs> special number six. Yeah, I've never laid eyes on this book in my life. Another Jack Kirby a masterpiece here. I have. <laughs> See, then you guys wonder why I give Jack Kirby such a hard time. This is the shit he was churning out when I was a kid, so I don't want to hear it about Jack Kirby anymore. Oh, you shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jack Kirby sucks. Mm.
2: Now, despite his incredible friggin' lameness, I love this cover to Adventure Comics number 441 with the, What the hell was this guy's name? Let me see if it gives his name here. The
3: pirate who plundered Atlantis.
2: Captain um, Lame. Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. Now, here here's the deal with and you can probably figure it out by this cover, but look look at the cover. So you've got Aquaman and is his Volthos no. charging to Mira's rescue as she's captured by this pirate dude who's I mean, he's very much a classic like Pirates of the Caribbean pirate with a pirate ship. And he's got his, you know, his uh, men under his command that have like, uh, you know, pirate uh, weapons and everything, and then they're all wearing breath masks with bubbles. Now this is a pirate that actually plies the seas under the waves in his pirate ship. It's under the sea, ridiculous, completely ridiculous. But I tell you what, Michelini and Apparel make it work, man. I love this shit. This is uh, this is just some great comics I, I love their run on uh
1: on aquaman love it love it it's fun stuff uh, we got a lot of uh well we got spider-man that's uh the the, the original clone saga clone saga yeah I mean, he's being uh, scott gardner off the bridge i was riveted by that storyline at the time
2: what does that say on the cover there's a there's a there's like a um what do you call that? A stamp? An ink stamp on the front? Is this like oh, K yeah. Kora something? I yeah, can't you know, That's what it looks like. Okay. Coral.
3: Yeah. I don't know what that is. I have coral. No- oh wait, that's Walking Dead, sorry.
1: Coral. <laughs> we we got uh it, the Avengers with when with Whirlwind when when he was secretly their limousine driver.
3: Sing it with oh, me. I like well, the- not not sing it, but uh you know what I'm gonna do, Scott, right? No. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> From the Avengers video game, ah. you
2: cannot defeat me. <laughs>
3: That's Whirlwind. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah, he's like the so. first
3: ma- ma- major villain, like at the end of the first wave, and it's yeah. he just has that crazy
1: laugh. <laughs> yeah,
2: you we, will we, be the one escaping. <laughs>
1: I remember <laughs> we, that. Part. We uh, we covered the issue of Batman Family.
2: Yes, still need this for my collection too. I still don't have this issue. I've been trying to get it. It's Mike Grell. I have it. There he is. That's where he's been hiding all this time. Is that I the Benedict
3: you. Arnold one? Or no? yes. Yep. That's it. yes. Oh, jeez.
2: Of, of all the artists ever to draw this version of Robin, Mike Grell is definitely my favorite. And he only did it just like twice, I think. But, yeah, it's always just stuck with me. I love his rendition of Robin.
3: It's cool. What else we got here? Uh, Captain Marvel's being attacked by some type of hentai tentacles or something. <laughs> yeah. What? what? Is- Al that's,
1: Milgram. That's a experience. good Al
2: Milgram cover. Yeah, it is. That, that actually is a really good one. I had my iPad loaded up with the complete run of Captain Marvel,
3: intending I'm to. I'm tired. It. I guess where you're going to say eye patch. I'm like, ah, uh,
2: <laughs> arm <Yardies. laughs> and uh, and I had to delete it to make space, so I never did finish reading it. But I, I intend to because every time I see these covers, I'm like, damn, I got to read me some Captain Marvel. But then I sit down to read it, and I'm always like yawn they look so exciting and then generally just not <laughs> so so wait
3: last month copperhead was like a noir villain now he's turned into he's chucking daredevil into a grave and he's like all super powered now
1: well he's wearing like a copper super suit
3: <laughs> where's my Where copper I super suit? suit yeah <laughs> it's made out of pennies i do have that one I have to go to the bank. I think
2: it has, it has a, a hole assume. in the cover, if
1: I'm not you mistaken. You get the Defenders, where they're fighting off against the female Badoons. <gasps> this,
0: next
1: one, hmm? this next one turns out is something of a
2: rare comic. Which one? Demon Hunter. This is by Rich Buckler. Demon Hunter number one, the Atlas comics. Uh huh. This was actually... Here's the weird thing about this. It's called Demon Hunter. You look at the cover. It's got like... What is that, uh, like uh, Stonehenge or something? He's fighting some sort of, well, demon. It's rather satanic looking. This was given to me by my Aunt Joanne when I was a kid of probably about 12 years old. She picked it up at a yard sale. Now, my Aunt Joanne is a, an extremely devout um, Pentecostal Christian. And I've never understood... Why the hell would you give this? Here you
3: go little Scotty.
2: Yeah, you know, it it's just it cracks me up. But uh this uh this is a character that if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Rich Buckler actually owns this character because he would pop up again in various forms,
1: um, in other companies. But I think I think he changed it slightly. I think. Yeah, I yeah, he did. Yeah. I think in Marvel, I don't think it went under the name Demon Hunter. I no. think It was like Demon something else.
2: Yeah, but it it was the same character. But yeah, he was he changed the name sli- and the look slightly, but it was essentially supposed to be the same character. If memory serves, I'm going to look at the series gallery here to confirm this, but uh, yes, I was correct. Yeah, there was only ever one issue, and that was it. And it's not valuable in any sort of way at all, but it is an extremely rare comic because there was only just the one issue ever. And for some bizarre reason, I actually have that thing in my collection. It's just weird. So that, I like, love this cover on uh, Doomsday Plus One number two. Would Lo- that make it three? Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I, I've always loved Burns'
3: robots and... Uh, that's one of his cooler looking robots, I think. Yeah, but you jumped right, scene. but you jumped right by the Man of Bronze, Doc Savage. Now, is this one? Didn't Ron Ely play Doc Savage in a movie about this time? Uh, yeah, I
1: think that's the case. Because I remember I think, Ron I think Ely, think Ely that played maybe just before this, or just a little earlier than this.
3: Because at that time, he was playing Tarzan on TV, if I remember right. Or is that? I I, I know that's where he got his fame. If anybody remembers Ron Ely, he was going to live forever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Okay. Fame, I'm gonna live forever. DC wind up with this. Who is the publisher? Man of bronze? No, this is yeah, Marvel. This Marvel had it. And then yeah. I think DC had it later. But if you look
2: at that link down at the bottom, it says reprinted in showcase presents Doc Strange, and so I or
3: Doc Savage rather. And I pulled that up. Oh yeah, just, just, and just recently. That is yeah.
1: DC. Wow, I think because uh, they I, were I,
3: trying to mix uh, Doc Savage and Batman together like a few
2: years right, ago. Yeah. I think it's
1: similar to like the Star Wars license, like when when the license went to another oh, company, right. they had the right yeah. to reprint the books. I
2: don't know
1: anything
2: about Doc Savage. He is one of those uh, you know, true he's bronze. spots for me. He's like he's like a pulp hero. Yeah, I mean, I I know about him. I've just I just don't I I don't. I've never read anything of him. You know what I mean? So everything mm-hmm. I know about him is like through, you know, reputation. I I've never actually read any of his stuff. But just looking at the pedigree on this one issue, you know, you've got right. It's written by Doug Mensch, and then the arts by uh, John Buscema and Tony dezaniga That alone makes me curious to check it out. I bet you it's pretty, if nothing else, because I, I like those guys. I do have this issue of E-Man. I love the cover on that. That's pretty I cool. I never liked E-Man. I d I don't know I don't know that I've ever actually read any E-man, but I do have quite a number
1: of his issues. I've just, never found it to be readable. Anytime I've ever sat down with E-man, I've been like, what is this shit? E-Man. I have to try to bring one to uh
2: to bin sometime because I, I don't know why I have so many issues of it. I just somehow or other I've wound up with a bunch of issues and I think the only reason I hold on to them is for one, the covers are generally beautiful painted covers, but also they're usually by um By Joe Staten and I love Joe Staten So I've just held on to them But I don't know that I've actually ever read any of them That's really weird What else we got here Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids Hey 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 Man that is like one cheeseburger away from a heart attack Albert right there Look at him
1: He really really needs a bigger pair of swimming trunks
2: Wow Actually you know if you put a bikini top on him I've seen that around this area before I bet Bill Cosby has too (laughs)
1: she <laughs> oh, just gave him a drink wow
3: <laughs>
1: and see the wow. Fantastic Four we were talking about them being on a, an alternate earth yeah now it's we got two, two, two things. things yeah are you sure this isn't counter earth I think uh, one of them is actually I think one of them is Reed Richards uh, oh yeah, the you, thing yeah. On whatever earth This is. is that Ross is that General Ross I think so yeah that's cool the Shape
2: of Things to Come. That's cool. I like that that's the title of the story. That's pretty cool. The cover on Fighting Army is actually pretty neat. It's a nice painted cover. Is it on Fighting Marines? Yeah, Fighting Marines is a nice painted cover as well. I don't have any of that stuff. Not my bag. Frankenstein Monster.
1: That's my bag.
2: I think that's the last issue,
1: isn't it? Let me see. Gallery. Oh, eight. Yep, that is. Yep, that that's last it.
2: Oh, poor Frankie.
1: Valmeric no, cover, Valmeric interior. On
2: which one? Oh, on uh, Frankenstein, yeah. Well worth owning, then. Giant-sized Thor?
1: I was, you know, I was, I was uh, just to, on the same thought process. I was, I just got a new phone, and I was transferring my contact list over. And I thought, you know, I'll probably never call it again. But isn't it so cool that I have Valmeric cell phone programmed <laughs> into my phone?
2: <laughs> call it at 4 in the morning sometime when you're really wasted.
1: <laughs> hey, Hey, yeah.
2: Val! <laughs> How's it going? Anyway, no, know, back, back to
1: back to comics.
2: <laughs> no, I know what you mean though. That is that is really cool. That is very cool.
1: And he changed it the like, minute
2: it was done. with like, our- But but
1: like if I really wanted to, I could call Val Mayrick any time. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's cool. That is cool. I've
3: got that issue of Commandy. That's one of the ones I picked up.
2: That's cool. That's a trippy cover. I like that yeah,
3: one. Yeah, it's got the dog uh, doctor or whatever.
2: Aw, Aquaman is
1: dead. Aw. Look, Superman's yelling at them again. It's all fault. (laughs) It's your fault because you suck. I'll stand here in the corner. You guys go fix
0: this.
3: (laughs) All right. Who's up for sushi? Oh, too soon? Sorry.
2: I'd do it, but I'm
1: Superman and shit. I got things to do. (laughs) (laughs) There's another great Uh cover on the Marvel Treasury Edition with Doctor Strange. On a
2: quick glance, doesn't it look like Tonto is about to be beaten with a wrench on the cover of The Lone Ranger? <laughs> yeah. Either that or a street sign, one of the two. It's like the Yancey street sign that that guy's about to club him with. I'm sorry, what which, which cover were you talking about?
1: Marvel Treasury Edition, Doctor Strange. Frank oh, yeah. The cover. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. That is cool.
2: You're right. I am really blown away by how close it looks like they're trying to get to classic comic book Doctor Strange with a new movie. That's actually pretty neat.
1: Yeah, I really thought that was going to be the one that they were going to sway more off of the source material, but no. Or maybe they learned their lesson from that shitty 70s uh, one-shot
3: movie that they had there. Have you ever seen that thing? Oh, yeah.
1: You no. Never saw
0: it
3: god oh, i can't
1: remember the episode and i don't feel like i missed anything
3: the guy that played dr strange he I, I remember he played on an episode of wonder woman he played a dual role in the one with the theme park where it was like the one brother created all the rides but the other one was scarred and he it was like the phantom of the theme park yeah yeah well the guy peter, that played peter, him looked, peter hooten i think he, is he
2: the actor? looks like a, oh you you got me if that is who i i couldn't tell you but he always looked to me like like some combination of like Doug Henning and like any 70s porn star. He just, yeah, it was not good. And the special effects were just friggin' horrible. I think they were all video effects, you know, like videotape effects in a time when they should not have been doing videotape effects. And it it was just bad, really bad. And he looked nothing like Doctor Strange at all. <sighs> And it, even with me being as completely uninvested as I am in Doctor Strange, I was still like, yeah, this is not right. I think, wait a minute, I think it's Wooten. Uh, what else we got here? I have not seen a whole lot of heckling. We a jack-
1: lot of slim pickings this month.
2: I do like the Apes
1: cover, though.
2: Um,
1: yeah, that's a nice yeah. cover. Is that, is that a... Uh, no, Gray Morrow. I was thinking it was uh, Bob... Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. We met at, at Eternal. Club. Yeah, I,
2: why am I blanking on his name? Bob. Um, ah, he just introduced one of the latest episodes, too. I cannot, I've completely blanked on his name. Oh, the, the guy that did The Dazzler?
0: Yes.
3: Yeah. <sighs> I, <laughs> I can't help. think help. now either. <laughs> hey, at least I knew what book we took. Yeah, okay. How many Richie Rich books does the world
2: really need? <clears throat> Now we get now. super Richie this month. Super <laughs> Richie number one. I hope they've sued the DC sued the shit out of them for that. Superman getting punched through a wall in Superman two ninety one. Oh, somebody else's dog is barking. Yeah, it's my dog. Uh, what else we got here?
0: Yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not really seeing anything. Oh, I like. Uh, you got the trial of Jonah Hex in World Weird Western Tales thirty. That's pretty cool. There it is, Wheeling the Chopper Bunch number two, Bob Larkin, Larkin, that's it. Thank you. Now you're helping us. And X-Men number ninety-four.
3: There you go, Bill. Yay! Ding, 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 ding. And that rounds out the month. I covered a Yang. Uh, uh, you know what? No, never mind. Now that I, up, <laughs> I bet you did. You were
2: all over that
0: game. <laughs> now, that
3: I, now that I blow it up larger, well, you know, what? I'm just gonna stop. Oh, it. You. Blow- you blew up the, you blew up the Yang larger. I blew up the
1: Yang, it. and I regretted it deeply. <laughs> all too easy. Uh, let's See anything, <laughs> anything more this month to hit on?
2: Um, eh, no, I, I, I think that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm digging this so far, though. I'm having a blast.
1: Right, so yang things and
3: things. some young romance is what he's hoping for.
2: <laughs> we'll be
1: hitting on, we'll be hitting on part two of 1975 soon. Eventually. But, but that's it for now. And then uh, the next couple of weeks, you're going to have, I think it's three or four episodes that have been kind of time delayed a little bit more than we anticipated. Uh, The only one of significance as far as that goes is we had our Star Wars episode that was supposed to come out two weeks ago, you know, in in conjunction with the movie. So I I think I'm going to rush that one to make that next week's while it's still somewhat relevant. (laughs) Somewhat relevant. (laughs) But in the meanwhile, uh, we'll see you maybe about a month from now or so, give or take, with part two of 1975.
0: Sweet.
2: Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corp of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two Truefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.
0: This is bullshit.